What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Welcome back, Jim, Brother Dave, and Super Dave. And today we have Theron Olson from Brandon Sand and Gravel in the studio with us. Morning, everybody. Morning, Theron. Top of the day. Hi, everybody. Hey, good morning, JFW guys. This is Theron. Darren, you look like a respectable guy. I don't know how Jim and Dave talked you into this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, there you go. Looking forward to it. Awesome. We like to kick this podcast off with the Pledge of Allegiance. So let's let's get it going. I pledge allegiance, pledge allegiance to, to the flag of the United States of America and, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. Episode 66 had 256 downloads. Nothing to be super proud of, but people are still listening. We're at 24,727 total downloads and 161 followers. So Nice. Yeah, good job, Gabriel. Guys. Hey, hey Jam, what's the <coughs> what's the followers? How do you how do you become a follower? What denotes you, subs- you subscribe to oh, our subscribe. podcast. Okay. You just hit follow and then, and then it, when yeah, when the podcast gets published, you get an alert that hey, you know, channel twenty three just published an okay. episode. So that's why the followers are important because they get notified right away right, that we, we got they want to listen. Yeah. Gotcha. They'll be reminded to listen. So if you <laughs> if you follow on Spotify and you follow on Podbeam. Uh, Podbeam, does it count as twice? I don't think so. Uh it might. It might. But most people aren't gonna do both, right? Yeah, I mean if we if we were like, Hey, we wanna get our followers up, follow us everywhere, they're only still gonna listen to one yeah, one, one yeah, one, yeah, one provider, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and of those of the 161 <clears throat> followers, I mean, it's almost another hundred for downloads. Right, and, and if they're a techie like me, they might not be a follower, but they uh-huh. listen to every episode, right? Right. So, and our, and our, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm like, uh, I don't follow anything, right? You know what I mean? And our downloads are down with the holidays, and you know, just be a little slow. Be yeah. a little slow, guys aren't in their trucks, but still, people are listening, so can't be too terrible. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> well, it's time for the dad joke challenge. Theron, we always let the guest of honor go first. All right. You know what? Two years ago, my doctor told me I was going deaf. I haven't heard from him since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jumps right in the game. <laughs> right? We got a player. <laughs> That's nice. good. Yeah. Like yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. I'll oh. follow up. I got a, I got a, a fairly lengthy one here, so... It's kind of an old one. Everyone knows who, who Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson are. So oh, yeah. They went on a camping trip. And after sharing a good meal and a bottle of wine, they retired to their tent for the night. About 3 a.m., Holmes nudges Watson and says, Watson, look up into the sky and tell me what you see. Watson said, I see a million stars. Holmes asks, and what does that tell you? Watson replies, well, astronomically, it tells me there's millions of galaxies and potential billions of, pal- of planets. Astrologically, it tells me that Saturn is in Leo. Theologically, it tells me that God is great and we are small and insignificant. Horologically, it tells me it's about 3 a.m. Meteorologically, it tells me that we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. What does it tell you, Holmes? Holmes retorts, Someone stole our tent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, 
Oh, man. Well, I know we've done some uh, pirate jokes and stuff, and I got this from uh, Rick Gray, and I know we've t- done the you know, the motorcycle and stuff. <laughs> I, so, so here I, right? <laughs> so, yeah, we've done this one. So um, what? how much does a pirate pay to have his ears or her ears pierced? Hmm. Is this from the coaster? <laughs> no, it's not. Huh? It is really from Rick Gray. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. It has to so, do something with an eye. So, yeah. I, a buccaneer. <laughs> buccaneer. buccaneer. Uh, that was a good one, Rick. Yeah. What do you got, Soup? Well, you know, do you ever watch detective shows? Sure. Yeah, Love the crime, crime shows. So a couple of detectives were looking over a crime scene, and uh, one detective noted that he thought it was foul play. And then the other detective said, you mean he was playing with birds? Uh. <laughs> oh, that uh-huh. was a death. <laughs> That's funny. <Ba-boom. laughs> Do you guys know the perfect hairstyle for gun owners? No. <laughs> More gun guns. <laughs> hairstyle for gun owners. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Bangs. those are some good good ones they are yeah those were all laughers this morning way to to set the mood yeah yeah absolutely new employees we got ismael rodriguez josh miller and troy hutchinson all joined the fleet uh this week troy was today so welcome guys nice welcome everybody welcome Welcome aboard celebrations no anniversaries this week but we got plenty of birthdays Super Dave had a birthday on February 6th. Do you care to tell us how old you are, Dave? Yeah, 39. Awesome. <laughs> wow. Happy birthday, Soup. Yep. <clears throat> Who's older, you or Jackie? Because she just had one the week before, right? She is older. Yep. I get kidded about that. I married a cougar. Oh, <laughs> what, 39? Yeah, Dave. <laughs> how old were you guys when you got married? Uh, I was 25 and she was 27. So she wouldn't be a cougar, she'd be a puma. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't know there was a difference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we got uh, Stingray and Kendrick. Their birthday's coming up on the 10th, so happy birthday, guys. Nice. Happy birthday, everybody. Yep. Family birthday celebrations. We got Mario Ariola. His birthday's on the 7th. I believe Mario's going to be four, maybe? Yes. I don't know if you ever yeah, seen four. Veronica told me four. There yep. you go. Very cool. And then Brenda Alvarez, her birthday's on the 10th as well. Brenda, her name's been popping up a lot on our social media. She must have just started following us. That's Cisco, Francisco Alvarez's wife. Okay. Oh, okay. So, yeah, she's always got something nice to say on Facebook. I need to hook up her and uh, Lauren. Lauren, yep. yep. Yeah. Well, happy birthday, you guys. <clears throat> yeah, happy birthday, Mario. Happy birthday, Brenda. Shout outs. <clears throat> I want to give a shout out to Tanny for not hitting a bicyclist on I-70 yesterday. Did you guys watch that video? That was crazy, Jim. Yeah, what yeah. was he? He was full send. Darren, we'll have to show you after this. Yeah. Guy's riding on the shoulder of I-70 and like Wadsworth heading eastbound. Goes full send like on, he's going to... On a 10-speed. Yeah, like a mountain bike. He goes like he's going to go to like the median, almost gets hit, comes back, almost gets hit, comes back into our lane, almost gets hit, <laughs> and then goes back on the shoulder. He's just pedaling like, Jeez. no big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I meant to do that. <laughs> it was almost like he tried ending it, and, and then like, I just I can't do this. <laughs> got back out of traffic. 
I thought he thought he was going to make it to the mill. I don't know what he was thinking, but I don't think that guy wanted to die. Yeah, he was I running about was. 70, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Must have been the meth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Big, Country, Big Country says, man, on next week's podcast, I would really like to give a huge shout out to Scooby for helping me change headlight bulbs out in the truck when the screws were not coming out like they should. I also want to give a shout out to the safety committee for the conversation we had about the incidents that had occurred. Everybody there had great insight. They had great comments that I could take the heart, that I could take the heart. It's a very big to know somebody else's opinion of what I could have done differently. I also want to give a shout out to Marty for giving me a mic for my CB at Morton when I needed it. So that's pretty cool. Obviously, he must have been in the safety committee and he received the information well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole purpose of those safety committee meetings, right? Is after you have an incident or what, whatnot, to take that information, gather it, understand what you could have done different. But then the biggest thing we're looking for is to share it with the other people. Yep. You know, share it with your drivers, share it with the people you know, share it with your family. Keep that accident from happening again because you have the power to, you have the knowledge to share that information. And right. that's that's the greatest thing is knowledge, right? That's the most power there is. Absolutely. And I'm sure Super Dave, you still kick it off the same way. But the one thing I loved is the way you used to kick the safety committee meetings off with the purpose of this meeting is not to point fitters and ridicule. Right. You know, it's to become better, figure out how we could not do that again and spread the words. So, Absolutely. Yep. yep. About yeah. educating and learning. Yep. You guys are being so, so nice. And I, I took the low road right off the... <laughs> Right off. I'll be right there. Right? So how many people does it take to change a light bulb? I just, you know, the beginning of that, it just made me nervous. Two, apparently, Scooby and Big Country. (laughs) I I felt Big Country's pain on that because think about it. He's been in a Freightliner the whole time he's been here, and he recently just moved into 0025. And those little... Um, knobs, yes. I guess, are brutally right. tough. They're rusted in there. Sometimes the knob actually breaks, breaks off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're in such a poor spot because they that are. steer tire just throws yep. everything on them. I mean, they're yep. right in the way, right? Yep. They're, they're in the mainstream of any debris on the road. I'm sure Big Country just looked at it and said, oh, I'll just spin these little knobs right off. And, yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's probably, you know, 400 foot pounds of torque because he's like 6'5", 300 pounds. Yeah. Uh, come off. I just remember meeting Big Country. I'm like, we used to have a guy here named Big Country, and he wasn't country at all. And he just looked at me and said, well, you don't get more country than me. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yep. Yep. Ray wanted to give a shout out. He says, hey, I want to give a shout out to the driver in 0092. I'm here at Castle Rock Ready Mixed. I watched him as he moved close to the wall so that other drivers can also dump. He got out, opened his tailgate, and took the time to walk back and make sure the dogs opened on both sides and did a perfect dump. Great job. So he must have been writing this as he's watching because then he's like, oh, shoot. There's a trainer in that truck with him. So shout out to the trainer also for having his trainee dump close to the wall and leave extra room for all of us to be able to dump there. I preach to my trainees to always think about the next person. Don't take the easy way and dump in the middle and screw up the next person because that next person could be you someday. I believe the trainer is Jimmy V, and mm-hmm. that is Jimmy V. Nice. So, yep. 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 Good job, so, guys. He was with Bryant Carbons 
on that um he's just finishing up with bryant and i got to give a shout out to all the trainers because we had a trainer meeting uh, a couple of saturdays ago oh yeah and everybody was they came ready to go they they were prepared they were engaged um it was so wonderful to hear how everybody was concerned about making through their training better jfw drivers it really was awesome we had a good time that's that great yeah, man. covered a lot of stuff those and, guys are special. Sorry, yeah, Ray man. Ray is also planning on putting together even monthly meetings to try to touch on current events and, hey, we saw this guy dumping at plant two and he was, you know, missing the bin and dragging his material out or whatever. So, yeah, we'll hopefully get even better. Yeah, nice. Soup, who do we got driving 009? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, yeah, give me one second. <clears throat> So Troy Hunt wants to give a, a shout out, and he mentioned Jason 009, unless uh, that's weird. Robert Shaw. Robert He's Shaw. been in it for a while now, too, okay. so it's definitely Robert. <clears throat> okay. Good morning, JFW family, and this is from Troy Hunt. The shout out is to Ish, and he says Jason in 009. So if it is Jason, then it's to you, and if it's not, it's for Robert. These two, gentlemen, <laughs> these two gentlemen helped me to shovel my contaminated load of salt slash squeegee with Coors Grain that I attempted to deliver at Elba County. The load was, in the end, refused. I have no excuse. Besides the repercussions that I have to suffer because I failed to do my job, I also endure the shame I feel when standing next to my brothers and sisters. I can catch all the touchdowns I want. I can throw touchdowns all I want. On that day, I lost the game. So if you are a newly born pigeon in our JFW <laughs> family, an eagle, or you are a pterodactyl, or a chill pepper, or a silverback, a compadre, a mama bear, a wizard, or a friend, I apologize not only for the act, but also for the endangerment that contaminated loads can bring. A contaminated load endangers accounts and customers that we have in good standing. Contaminated loads take away revenue from the company and puts at risk loads that we could haul. I preach this and always have, so don't be that guy. Troy 0077. Great words of advice, Troy. Yep. 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 Way to speak up, Troy, and, and take ownership of that. We appreciate it. And again, we've we went it over it last week. We talked about it. We've been talking about it for years and years and years. You know, Theron's sitting here and you know he doesn't want contaminated material in, in his mix for his asphalt or right. even on the concrete side and we talk about it all the time you guys you just you have to clean the trailers out and you know Theron so you know we were hauling a you know a load of salt and squeegee for for Brandon you know to one of the cities and we had grain because we also haul coors and we mm -hmm. had grain in the load and they refused it so we bought a load of material load of salt load of squeegee and, you know all that kind of stuff and the just, haul the haul yeah just it the time, you know uh, and yeah yeah the effort the effort, yeah, yeah. And, and loading it back up. And now we have it at, at the yard, which hopefully we can use it up, you know, in the yard or something. But, yeah, it just it's a, it's so simple, but just ends up being a pile, just yeah. a huge pile. Yeah, the thing that bothers me the most about it, and obviously I don't pay the bills, so, I mean, the revenue is obviously a concern, but just makes us look bad. Yeah, you know, there's... That's that's the part that bothers me a yeah, lot is yeah. we don't look good doing that, so... No, no. Good email, though, Troy. Thank you. Yeah, yep. thanks, Troy. <clears throat> you guys have any shout-outs? Yeah, I'd like to um, – I don't remember his last name, and I apologize, but Rico that we just spoke with on Monday. Christensen. 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 Yep. Yeah, he had a – where he used to work with uh, – I sure, I 
could mention him, but MMA trucking is where he used to work. And he was a trainer there and did a lot of things like that. And he mentioned, you know, several things. And he mentioned that he enjoyed the podcast. And uh, he said, and I haven't heard anybody say this, but the first line here where it says he enjoyed that we try to reach out and touch the fleet and engage everyone. Mm -hmm. And I thought for him taking that sentence out of the first part of the podcast. And again, (laughs) that's what we are trying to do, you know, and get our message apart or or across, not apart. But yeah, it's it's important to reach out and touch everyone. And this is the the easiest way to do that. So if you know somebody that doesn't listen, please say something to them or or her and and let's get everybody involved because there is a lot of good information when we're doing this. Yeah. I wanted to mention something, Jam, about our shop. And I, I don't think a lot of people, because they they don't see the shop, they walk through it, and they, they talk to a mechanic, and they write down a problem, and they leave. And I, I don't think the majority of people really understand what it takes to make some of those repairs. It's magic. And, and to do it on a timely <laughs> manner. And, you know, and I guess I kind of want to give kudos to Mikey, who runs the shop, because he has become a parts specialist. <laughs> And what I mean by that, you guys, is I mean we can't find parts anywhere, and and just with all the COVID crisis, supply demand, you know, supply chain issues, I mean Mike is he's out of the box. I mean we're we're finding pieces and parts in the craziest of places. I mean we're having dealerships tell us, oh sorry, your truck's going to be down for two months. You know we have a, a truck over at at Transwest Freightliner. They tell us this parts on back order. It's going to be two months before we see this EGR valve. And Mike comes in and he's like, hey, I scored a part number. Can we try looking this up? And we put our heads together and boom, all of a sudden it wasn't a new part, but it was a reman, right? A rebuilt part. And I'm like, the truck's a used truck. Let's throw a reman part on it. I don't, I don't care. We need a truck running, right? We, we got to service our customers. And I guess, you know, from, from not only trying to find those parts, you know, kind of starting with Mikey there when it becomes an issue, but the shop getting them put on and everyone doing the install and, you know, Chris and Ricky getting the trucks going in the morning, you know, and, and trying to deal with those those hundred trucks, getting them out the gate. It's just become a monumental task. Uh-huh. I mean, with all the after treatment codes, all of that stuff, it's, man, it is a lot of work and they, they do an amazing job. You know, the night night crew they just do so much service work. It's it's unbelievable. You know, people don't know their brakes were looked at, their trucks were greased, their oil was changed. It's yeah. like you said, Jam, it's magic, it's magic. Yeah. right? It just that, happens. That night yeah. crew is amazing yeah. to think about how they run. They literally run around the yard and they'll throw a part on that's parked in the next door, our red yard is what yeah. we call it, and, yeah. and get that fixed without even moving it. And it's five degrees outside, you right. know, and right. dark. Yeah. Yeah, the other day... We dropped a part. No, we dropped the truck off, I think, at Peterbilt. Went inside and got parts from Peterbilt. And then we drove to Kenworth. I'm like, what are we doing? He's like, we got to drop the parts off. Maybe I got to delete this off the podcast. I don't know. But we're buying. No, you're, you're, yeah, you're good, Jim. I, I mean, not, yeah. yeah, not to interrupt, but I've asked Mike. I'm like, are you kidding me? Why don't they just call each other? They won't sell they, to each they other. They can't, can't sell each other. Yeah. yeah. They can't, can't do that. Yeah. Pack car can't sell the pack car. Yeah, pack yeah. car, literally, <laughs> yeah. Jim, that's it. Pack car can't sell the pack car. Yeah. And, you know, we can go do it. And right. I, I had that conversation with Mike months ago, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah he'll buy a clutch here, take it to there. Right. right. He'll buy a clutch at MHC, take it to Kenworth or to Peterbilt, vice yeah. versa, whatever the case may be. I mean, they had a we had a clutch out under warranty here. It's been two months ago. And MHC's machine was down to machine the flywheel. 
Mike's, Mike goes over there and just grabs a flywheel out of the shop, goes and has it machined. I think he took it over to Marini Diesel, had it Marini machined. Marini Western. Yeah, or Western, and drops it back off like one hour later. And, and they were telling us it would be weeks. Mike's like, hey, I need that truck back. Here's the flywheel. It's yeah. done, you know. Yeah. Let's yeah. get the truck done. Last summer, didn't he find the deaf quality sensors on eBay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thurin, does it sound like some of the things you guys are contending with? Oh, well? yeah. Yeah. It's, so. it's the same thing. It's kind of like you guys say that the shop or, or whatever is so underappreciated. It's yeah. like, you know, we have seven paving crews going, so you got seven pavers, you know, all this equipment out there. And if a if a paver goes down or a piece of equipment goes down and that that job has to go on hold, you know, then we send out an email company wide automatic that jobs on hold for whatever the reason is. So if it's equipment, then you know you might get some remark from, let's just say the office. I can't believe that I can't believe that paver's down or that roller's down or or whatever. And it's like, and then I'll go and talk to Chuck, our our fleet maintenance manager, and I'm like. Yeah, you never hear the other 300 days when the pavers run in every single day. <laughs> hey, hey, nice, nice job keeping, keeping all the equipment going. So it's just like it's just one of those things. It's like, yeah. you know what? I, I tell the guys, it, if it moves, it breaks. Right. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. This, this pencil probably won't break, but that paver, that roller, that plant, that you know, whatever. But all we can do is be proactive with it and and fix what we know and try and anticipate what we don't know sure but, you know stuff happens yeah, yeah. And, so. and then you have the human element added to that movie. oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just gotta you know gotta be ready to react and right and make chicken salad yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep any more shout outs guys sue there yeah no? I'm, I'm good yeah, yeah. No. all right <clears throat> wanted to talk about um the first annual jfw truck rodeo uh, I looked downstairs. I think there's about 14 people signed up. We need more more participation than that. Uh, Amber made some phone calls yesterday trying to get some people involved. And some of the feedback she got from people not wanting to do it is, one, kind of like, I don't want to look stupid. Like, there's people better than me that are, I already know people there are going to be better than me, so I don't want to do it. Okay. I got to tell you, that's probably the worst reason to not do it. Like, let's do it and have fun. Nobody's going to judge you. You're good enough to be a JFW driver. We trust you every day to go run our equipment. You know, maybe you'll do better than you think. Because the guys that you think are the best, they're the ones that have the pressure on them. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, you have nothing to lose. I don't think I'm going to win. And then just, it's not really about winning either. It's about being involved and engaged with JFW, right? Another reason people don't want to do it, and this one I kind of understand is they want to spend time with their family. Sure. They'd rather spend time with their family than do the truck rodeo. And it's hard for me to argue that, but it's, it's one day. You know, it's not going to be for a week. We're not sending you away for a month. It's a few hours out of one day this year. So <clears throat> maybe next year it'll be big enough we could have the families come. Yeah. You know, this year it's not, it's not like that. So... And then I had one guy, I'm not going to mention any names, Jack Oquendo Mejia. (laughs) He said he ought to ask his wife, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Jam, it should be a a celebration, a no-pressure day. I mean, one of the days that you don't, 
You know, you don't have to worry about backing into the bin or something like that. This is to go have fun. Yeah. You know, like I mentioned in the podcast last week about that, he just went in and knocked down all the cones and one. Right. I mean, we're doing it a little different than that, but right. he went and had fun with it. He's like, oh, if it's timed, I'm just going to hit all the cones and park. Yeah. And he won. So, cool. yeah, hopefully hopefully people can show up and, and, and enjoy themselves, Jim. And, yep. you know, as far as making fun, I hope we can joke a little bit about – yeah. You know, hey, you did hit that cone or, or however it turns out. It needs to be a fun day and lighthearted so we can right. we can have fun with each other, not By the way, Joanne and Amber are gonna do it. Perfect. So nice. And then by the way, maybe I'll do it. So you definitely won't be the worst. <laughs> I keep in mind it's not one move. Right. Right? I mean yeah. it's not how close can you back up to this cone. Right? There's gonna be several. There's gonna be the post trip, pre trip, uh test there's going to be you know a turning uh a whatever the backup whatever challenges they have set up it's not you don't fail on one item right right that that was another thing is some people didn't want to take the test they didn't want to take the written test it's funny i was hesitant in calling it a test jam did you notice if i stumbled (laughs) because some people just hear test and they're like oh i I," you know it's a written challenge there you go yeah it's not that hard it's everyday knowledge yeah you know stuff that you do the job you know the answers right Exactly. Are there going to be any concrete blocks involved? <laughs> I hope That's not. That's us, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. they may not be set up on the course, but I guarantee if Troy Hunt's involved, he'll find one. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, buddy. <laughs> Funny. Uh, let's see here. Linda wanted to bring to our attention new travel advisory. Marion Street at 58th Avenue. Reduced alignment and traffic shift February 9th until further notice. So this is just over by uh, Plant 2. Plant 2. Yeah, Franklin. Franklin. So it's going down to a single-lane realignment. And let's see. This work will take place weekdays from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. The temporary realignment and traffic shifts will be in place 24-7. So we talked about this. Didn't Linda have a secondary route that just made sense? Do you guys Mm -hmm. remember what that was? Yeah, we talked from coming in from the south. I right. would call it right. Yeah, yep. yeah. She, go go farther had, south on Washington. Oh, did I? Did yeah, I have she it? has it on here. That's the next kind of paragraph <laughs> gotcha. that's not highlighted, Jim. If <clears throat> as you're coming from I-25 and going east towards Franklin, if you turn right and go south on Washington down to your first left, which is going to be 54th, 54th, sorry, <laughs> and uh, go east to Franklin, then turn left and go north, and you can head north and enter the plant. It'll be on your left as you get towards 58th, and then the opposite when you leave. Obviously, when you leave, I caution you, if you're going to Fry's, you need to make a left on Washington. That's a fast hill. You don't have great sight looking up over the hill, so mm. cars could be coming. Be very, very cautious making that left, but you know we should be able to do it and do it safely. So yeah, that's a pretty right. good hill. It is a pretty good hill. It's a pretty good hill at the stop sign when you're sitting on 54th, mm facing west to to make that left or right oh, yeah that's, 54 that's is, a steep hill sitting sure right is. there yeah yeah so definitely be careful take off slow and easy because i i bet empty we can spin some tires you know would, would have hated to have to stop there in one of the old fords right loaded yeah yeah no doubt <laughs> yeah and the in the rest of that too i know it's not highlighted but i think she throws in there um from construction supervisors about jfw trucks going too fast through the construction zone We've had them call here and complain about mm. our drivers and stuff, and we should never have that, you guys. You right. have to have that awareness. You know, don't be numb that 
you're just okay in that truck and it's all safe. And I know we've done a demonstration out here in the yard, but you know, you can't imagine having a truck drive past you even at 10 miles an hour when you're on the ground, on your feet, just standing there with five, a sign. Yeah, five feet away yeah. from the five vehicle. Five feet away yeah. from you, how, how yeah. just yeah. merciless that truck yeah. looks coming at you. So please slow down. Yep, we yeah. talk about that all the time. That is called situational awareness. Yeah. You yeah. got to have that situational yeah. awareness. We, yeah. we preach that every day. I mean, uh, just to have you jump in there, Theron, I mean, you have paving crews on the ground all the time and all the cities and doing all that stuff and traffic coming by and all that kind of stuff. You guys have to have some stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like nothing Nothing makes me more nervous than night work, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, God, and yeah. it's like, you know, I have my my phone by my bed stand at night and you know if it rings it's not good news right and uh yeah we've had we've had all sorts of cars and even during the day come into our our work zone and you know when you're out there working and and i've been there you know when i started i mean you just i I guess you kind of trust that everybody's going to do the right thing they're going to drive the right speed they're going to stay in their lane they're going to do all of this well that doesn't that's not necessarily the case you know yep. we've had cars and and nowadays you know like cdot's adding impact trucks to to the jobs and uh it, it's amazing how many of those get hit uh-huh. because right. a drunk driver goes into it or something we had you know we did the gap job down there at castle rock that was three years we had a, a tractor trailer run in to the back of our low boy uh-huh. when he was just dropping the deck which if you've seen one of our low boys it's like a knife edge right and it was straight up and oh, he wow. he wow. ran into that unfortunately it while well, it was on the driver's side but it was you know left of where the driver was but that could have been catastrophic oh yeah you know? yeah and that's a professional driver hitting you know in the work zone so i mean you can never take it for granted but you just like I say, nothing makes me more nervous than night yep. work, and I can't wait till it's done every year because <laughs> right. it's just like right. a sigh of relief. It's just more stuff happens at night than than during the day. But you know, we all have to you do our jobs, take the precautions, uh, be aware, uh, and that's what we tell our crews. You know, just be looking out for each other too. Yeah, you know, just yeah. swivels on your head. You know, your head on a swivel mm-hmm. and. See what's going on. Be ready to to react if if you have to. Yeah, you got to. Oh, sorry, Jim. No, I just it just makes me think there, and, you know. And I hadn't crossed that train of thought yet. But you're out there dealing with the general public. I I couldn't even fathom that because we're talking about just our own people. Huh. You know, getting them to have the situational awareness. Right. You know, when you could have a 70 year old person in a car approaching one right. of those construction zones that i mean i shouldn't say they're clueless because they're not you know what i mean but there's that one person right or could be a young person or someone that just doesn't have any situational awareness that hey this is a construction zone i need to slow down yeah. you know i need to pay attention why are all these orange cones up or the orange barrels or flashing lights or people with signs or whatever the case may be you know and it's just uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine dealing with the general public like that as much as we we have to preach it to just our own people. So yeah. that's that's a tough that's a tough gig. Yeah. yeah, young or old, they could be texting and driving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, and I love that. I mean, we we talk about it there, and but you mentioned you assumed everybody is doing the right thing. You know, and we we take that we do that every day. We assume everybody is doing the right thing because 
it's the right thing. Right. It sounds so stupid, <laughs> but it's the right thing. We yeah. assume they're doing it how we trained them. Right? Right? right. Yeah. You know, and you talk, I mean, we can get off on a soapbox <laughs> here, but I was just down uh, picking up my mom and dad in Tucson, just flew down there and was just there two days. And me and Holly went for a walk on Saturday around their neighborhood. And, and you know, I don't want to pick on the old people. And, and I know we just <laughs> mentioned it, but there i think you get this sense of you know what's going on you you you're you're confident you've been doing it for years but walking through the neighborhood man the old people they pass you like i'm not going to move over you're walking in the street you know or on the cuz there's no sidewalks there it's a weird, weird oh, neighborhood right. yeah. there's a the, it's like the, a curb well yeah and it's a curb but it's a path for a golf cart so that's what you walk in gotcha. but, so the car's right beside you you know and then if you have a golf a golf cart and a car going to pass you might as well get over in the in the people's yard because there's a problem going on and yeah. and yeah it's just the that courtesy and that that awareness that just do it do it better than it needs to be done you sure. know back to that same thing yeah don't look at it as a construction zone that you have to slow down in just pretend your family's over there working yeah how yeah. fast are you gonna go sailing past your family yeah, you know. And how so. how much better do you look going slow than fast? Oh, so much better. You know, and and I have had the guy with the sign. You know, I've slowed down. You know, we're we're in the business, but I've also had the guy with the sign like waving me nastily, yeah. like "Come on," <laughs> true. you know. And I'm like, just dude, just wait. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm the one guy that slowed down, and you're mad yeah, at me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm always the guy that waves. I want to slow down, give them room, yeah. and then wave. Yep. just and, to say thank you. Yeah, you know, and that just makes me think of eye contact, Dave. That too, Dave. You know what I mean? You're making eye contact with that person. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I like to stop and give him a water. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that guy behind you is hot. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, Chris Ingram wanted me to bring this up, <clears throat> guys. You can't. So if something's going on with your truck. Yes, we do want you to look. Do you have coolant? Do you have oil? Stuff like that. But if your truck's throwing codes. Please don't just disconnect your batteries because you heard that done on the radio one time. Not every situation calls for that, and you could actually cause more harm than good. It's not the solution to every time your truck throws a code. We had a driver this morning, truck's throwing codes, unhooked his battery, hooked it back up, took off, and now there's a bigger problem where they got to bring him back to the yard. A lot of times you could put your truck into a 5-mile-an-hour D-rate by doing that, by cycling the key the wrong way, so... Very important to call the shop on those things. You know, he also mentioned if you don't, going down the road and, you know, you get an orange or an amber light, <clears throat> just call the shop. Call them on the radio. That's what it's for. Call them while you're going down the road. It's not something you got to pull over for. Let them give you advice on what to do. They can look at the computer, see kind of what the diagnostics are showing, stuff like that. So please don't take it into your own hands. Not to be confused with, my truck says that I have low coolant. <laughs> Thanks, right? Jim. Thanks for cl- I, good job. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> Not to be confused with, you know, truck just said I have low coolant. What should I do? Well, did you pull over and look? Right? right. So we do want you to put eyes on certain things, right? But we don't want you wrenching on the truck. So call the shop. And, and I know we quickly mentioned it earlier, but what Dave's brought up a couple of times to me, and you see all the, we get a bunch of codes in the morning, you guys. You guys don't even know your truck's throwing codes. And we we think a lot of that is, and we've seen it at the fuel island in the afternoon, you guys have to jump in the trucks and you just turn the key and fire it up. 
Let that truck cycle through its system, especially in the morning. And it does take, I'm not saying it's two or three minutes, but it does take a while when I've done it out here to hear all the clicks. And then there's that one final click, you know, that seems to take a long time. But that's all the systems coming together. The, the, what do you call the frame computers, Dave? Whatever the. Oh my gosh. Every time I'm with Mike, I we have another computer. There's the ECMs, the ECUs, the yeah, ECUs. Is what I'm I, looking for on the. I mean, we're to the point. There's like seven different computer systems now. The chassis on, node, yeah, chassis nodes, that's yeah. Cool. yeah. And so all that all that system is looking to talk to each other. And the thing is, too, you guys, they are all voltage based. Exactly. So if you're if it hasn't gotten through the system and knows you have a full, you know, I'm going to call it twelve point three volts. And you're only at 11, that computer's not going to work right and it could throw a fault. So please, no matter what time of day it is, but especially in the morning, let your truck cycle through before you fire it up. That'll help you a lot with the codes on the transmission and all that. It, it is so important. And, and we've talked about there's even a new battery that, that, that's come out that Kenworth or one of them's offering that's uh, a voltage. <clears throat> It's like you're a capacitor. That's what it is. Yeah, capacitor. It's a capacitor. Exactly. So it holds a full amount of voltage no matter what. It's, yes. it's not a battery. It's mm. a capacitor. But when we've looked into it, it's 3000 Dave? Uh, <laughs> just the battery alone is like $1,200. Okay, wow. $1,200. And it is, it's the si- it look, you would look at it and go, oh, that's a battery. Why is it $1,200? Because it's a capacitor. Right? Wow. So it's holding right. that. Yes. And we think that's something that would help throughout the cycle of the or sure. life of the truck is yeah. there's always... That 12, 12 volts, volts. Yes. so something, something important we might look at but please cycle that key yeah and when you say it takes a long time not 10 minutes it takes like 15 seconds maybe tops yeah it yeah. seems like a long it time does. it does That's when you're part. standing there and you want to go but it's got a cool little rhythm to it you know what i mean and it's like <laughs> just let it cycle through and you no, know never thought of it that way jim yeah, yeah. and honestly all, all you're listening, listening for the clicks yeah. yeah and just so everyone's aware or understands these clicks that's doing the checks on the ABS brakes. Mm-hmm. So it does your steer axle, does your drives, does your trailers, and then it walks back through and clicks them again. And then once it's gone through that, it's it's just like you as the human doing the pre-trip inspection, bumping your tires. When you've turned the key on, the truck says, oh, I need to check the system out. I need to check this computer. I need to check this wheel end. I need to do this and go through all those steps. So the truck itself has done its own little mini pre-trip and says, okay, we're good to go. Start me. You know, here's an idea. Go ahead and cycle your key on to let it cycle and then go check your oil. Right? <laughs> yeah, because, it doesn't yeah. hurt anything to have the key on. Yeah, yeah. There's been a few times recently I've walked in the back and the truck's running. I'm like, did you check your oil yet? Oh, no, I let it run for a little bit first. No. That's, <laughs> that's not what you do. Yeah, that's not how that works. But anyway. I call bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, well, moving on. Uh, as we said earlier, we have Theron Olson. Theron, you are the division manager for the asphalt division, correct, for Brandon Sand and Gravel? Yep, that's right. Okay, that, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I had to look your name up. It was very interesting to me. I've never heard that name before. And it looks like it's Celtic or Greek, and it means great hunter. And I wrote, do you live up to this name? Yeah. <laughs> uh, more like a great hiker. <laughs> <laughs> me and my brothers and my, my my sons my nephews we go hunting 
every year and yeah we haven't been successful for quite a long time <laughs> so our wives just give us a hard time see all they're doing is winter winter camping <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is pretty damn close to the truth you know gotcha but, uh, so you you going for big game then yeah we go elk hunting what every what, year. what area do you go uh this year we went to to meeker which is okay. a brand new area and mm. uh didn't care for it but typically we'll go up uh just north of rifle and okay. uh, uh white national forest and we've you know i've been hunting since i was 18 so 40 some years huh. and we most of the time we go to that same area and it's more than just hunting i mean you're with your family you're with sure. your brothers oh, and absolutely. it's just and it's just it's beautiful up there yeah you know, you're way 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 back in in the back country and it's just it's tranquil uh it's peaceful it's gorgeous there's n- not very many people there so it's just nice. it's wonderful if you get something you know that's that's, that's a, a bonus, bonus. bonus but, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah it's just it's family yeah and it's you know it's once a year and just love it you probably have some pretty good hunting stories after 40 years <laughs> Yeah, we got, we got a few. <laughs> yeah, my, my my brother's got one from this year. He he may have uh, uh, had a little too much fun one night and then <laughs> went out of the tent and fell down on one of our tent stakes and Ooh. oh no, cracked a couple ribs. So uh, that's not that's not fun. That's when not you're fun. Back there, you know, a long ways from a yeah, doctor, right? Huh. Yeah, but it's uh, going to be not so much hiking, right? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I potentially could be hunting in Meeker this year. Is that two twelve? Is two twelve? You know what? I'm not. I'm not sure, Jam. Right. I can look though. Huh. That's not you that know. big deal. I'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> I can. You know, being there, I can talk to you about where we went and, gotcha. and another area very close to there. Okay. Is that uh, where Big Baldy is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I heard it's pretty treacherous over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jam's a guy that prepares for hunting all year long. Like like yeah. each month there's a little treasure that shows up from Amazon. Like this is my scope. This is my new scope. Yeah. This is my you know, I don't even know what all is required for it, but Jam gets something every month, it seems like I tell you that for the next hunt. That's what that's what hunting is though, because you, you talk about that. It's like the first year we went hunting and it's just like dumb kids and you go up and somebody's got a tent and you right. just take a sleeping bag and you're you lay it out on the on the ground and of course these tents don't have floors and <laughs> and we're young and dumb and uh that night that first night it starts raining <laughs> and you're on the ground and so here comes the water and under the tent and you're next morning your your sleeping bag's wet and you know, uh, up there it doesn't dry uh, so you're all week in a wet uh, sleeping bag so yeah. the next year you buy a cot and then the next year you buy a every year you buy something to make it more comfortable <laughs> right. you know till now you have so much stuff loaded up that if you did happen to get game you have no place to <laughs> put it because uh, of all your stuff so that's funny anyway that is funny so is elk your favorite thing to hunt or have yeah. you been on any other like ram or sheep or no i don't no. do bird or or anything else it's it's just elk it oh. used to be you know a long time ago you could buy a deer and elk tag at the same time or now you got to put in for a draw for deer Both. and and so on and in first season elk but uh so okay we were going first season and then it's like we'll change our luck go second season and anyway gotcha yeah what else do you like to do in your spare time 
Uh, like to golf a lot. Mm. I'm not very good, but I just I love golf courses. They're always beautiful. You know, I like a good okay. lawn at you know my. I like the hunting thing. You're just out in, in right. a beautiful place, Na- nature almost. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I like golf and I like fish and nice. uh, I like you know being out outdoors. Excellent. Yeah. Jim and Dave told me you've been married for over 30 years. Is that correct? 38 years. 38 oh, years. Almost 40. Yeah, congratulations, <laughs> there. Thank that you. is outstanding. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great wife. Very, very much to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. Just, especially nowadays, it seems like, but I'm. Absolutely. Yeah. Relationships are difficult. <laughs> so being married for 38 years is awesome. Right. What's, what's the secret? Two words. Yes, yes dear. You do that, and it's all How good. Come it takes so long to figure that out sometimes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when did you start doing that? <laughs> yeah, it takes 20. Yeah, exactly. At least 20. I just learned last like, weekend. <laughs> man, if I just did this, stuff would be a lot easier. <laughs> right. you know? So, anyway. So, there's a shirt speaking of hunting and wives. The shirt, when you look at it, it says, I love my wife. <laughs> But in small print, it says, I love when my wife lets me go hunting. (laughs) (laughs) That is a disclaimer, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did we not do the disclaimer? We didn't do the disclaimer. You did forget. Oh, wow. Just as a reminder, anything you hear on today's (laughs) podcast is not the opinion of JFW or Brandon Sand and Gravels. It's just the opinion of the men in this room. Perfect. Wow. Now we can get into it. Yeah, now, yeah. now that, now that custom shop, yeah. will you hand me that bottle of Jim Beam up there? <laughs> uh, and you also have two boys, Garrett and Colton. They both work for Brandon. What do they What do they do over there? Uh, right now, Garrett's uh, the transportation manager for our asphalt division, so he'll set up the material trucks, and then, well, him and our trucking division, and then the the haulers for our asphalt for the jobs every gotcha. day. And uh, so he he just moved into that position a year and a half, two years ago, something like that. He was in the field as a field supervisor. And uh, then Colton, my youngest uh, son, he's a field supervisor for us. So he's out building the jobs, meeting with the customers. Gotcha. And uh, scheduling the work. And, you know, both of them, they both went to college. You know, Cole went to CU, studied finance, and Garrett went to csu and studied uh, communications okay and uh but they've been working at brandon since they're you know 15 16 i was gonna ask is this the only job they've ever had uh it is for cole now garrett he did some little you know he worked at the buckle or some, gotcha. some store for <laughs> a month or two but uh no, they started there early, you know, and, and each year their responsibilities would grow a little bit more, a little bit more, and, you know, started sweeping the shop and picking weeds and, and then graduated graduated up. But uh, they both liked the field. You know, they were paving supers, which is a, for us is a really, really, really hard job. I mean, it's demanding. It's six, seven days a week. It's, mm. you know, maybe five in the morning to five or six at night. But – you know, that's how, at least in my opinion, that's how you learn what we do. Right. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. As far as my division goes, we pave. And yeah. if you're going to be a supervisor, you know, it's kind of like when I started in construction. I started as a laborer. I didn't go to college. And I, I was fortunate enough to work for a general contractor building buildings. And 
you know, I think after a, a year as a laborer, the the owner asked me, what, what do you want to do with your career? I'm like, I want to work in the office where it's 70 degrees every day. <laughs> right. You know, because right now on that job, he, he was a tough dude. And it was like 10 below doesn't matter. Right. 110 doesn't matter. Right. We got a job to do, and that's what we're going to do. And uh, so, you know, what, what he told me, and I remember it like it was yesterday, is like, to work for me, you got, you got to know how to build it. Right. to know how to bet it right and so he's like you work out in the field for four years i'll teach you everything how to run equipment how to form concrete how to frame a building how uh to finish carpentry he goes then i'll move you in the office and and he did so that so that's kind of the same philosophy i have is sure at least with with my boys and and so on is like go figure out what we do yeah. see what these guys do day in and day out and because uh, it's it's hard it's hard work what everybody does you know yeah. and I just I have a tremendous amount of respect for everybody that that does our work you know uh, it, it's tough we need every single person so. yeah, absolutely absolutely it's labor intense right there oh yeah you know yeah I mean it's, and it's it tough. takes a lot. Well, now I got to tell Dad sorry because I always thought he was just mean to me when he made me sweep the shop and pull the weeds. <laughs> he had a philosophy, and I, I missed it. Right. Uh, <laughs> I missed that lesson. I did miss that lesson. Yeah. I mean, it is a great lesson because you got to be you got to be able to understand everything about what you're asking people to do. That's the one thing I love about JFW is <clears throat> I would say other than some of the other divisions like HR and accounts payable, everybody sure. everybody right. on the leadership team here has been a driver for JFW, including Jim and Dave and Super Dave. And, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they, they all know what it takes. And, right. You know, we all know what's actually going on out there, too, you know. Yeah, so that's, that's good. Yeah. That's what you call being a subject matter expert. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That, that, was, <laughs> from, that yeah. was from Nick, right? Yeah. You know, that's being funny. a subject matter expert. <clears throat> what kind of uh, – Dave was telling me you guys, you and your boys all have dogs from the same litter. What kind of dogs are those? Yeah, uh – they're old English bulldogs. Oh, okay. So they're not like the little squatty ones. Oh, no. These are Do like a, a hybrid bulldog. That's like uh, they're American bulldog, bull mastiff, a little bit of pit bull. Yeah. And uh, anyway, and the whole concept was to stretch out the bulldog because they have so many health problems. The right. little bulldogs, you know, they're so compact. Uh, so stretch them out a little bit longer nose, a uh, little bit taller, you know. Nice. And uh, so anyway, yeah, we, 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 uh, my wife and I, we had a, an English Mastiff a few, a long time ago. And right. I don't know if you know what that is, but that's like 225 pounds. It's the Sandlot dog. Okay. And uh, so when he passed away, uh, his name was Samson. He was huge. Uh, we're like, we need to downsize. So <laughs> it was like 225 pounds. So we found this old English bulldog, and that one's name was Tank. And he ended up being like 130 pounds. Probably should have been 110, but he was, <laughs> he was 130 living with us. And then he passed. So anyway, we just like the breed, good breed. You know, my dog goes walking with me every morning and uh, just, they don't run. They just stay in your yard. Right. And they're just, they're <laughs> right. just cool. That nice. was cool. Yeah. Yeah, my buddy had probably the other bulldog you're talking about. And one day he's like, hey, I need to go get the mail. Come on, we'll take the dog with us. Man, 
I mean, the dog couldn't walk like a hundred yards without having to take a break. I'm like, bro, you gotta. Like, that's not cool for the dog. <laughs> He's out of shape. Yeah, you know? He's, He's got four legs and can't keep up yeah. with this. <laughs> right. That's funny. So almost 32 years with Brandon. You talked about how you got started, but what's what's kept you at Brandon for so long? You know, it's it's a it's a great company. You know, the owner uh, Kurt Marble, just he's a great person, great person to work for. He's he's done a lot for me. He's done a lot for my family, and uh, and then the managers, my my fellow managers, we're all like about the same age. Uh-huh. So we've all been there, and we've all kind of grown, you know, with the company. You know, when I started 31 years ago. You know, we did like twenty million dollars worth of revenue. We had one asphalt plant, uh-huh. and uh, just to see the growth, you know, now we have four asphalt plants. We're trying to put in a fifth. You know, we got the we we bought the Ready Mix division, uh, which was S and H Ready Mix, and uh, just the the growth, uh-huh. you know, over the years. And like I say, the my fellow managers. Uh, We've just we've all grown up together. You know, we've seen our our kids be born, our kids grow. Sure, a lot of the kids work there uh-huh. too. Right. You know, yeah. So it's a it's a a family company. You know, it's growing quite a bit lately. So it's it's getting bigger and 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 a little bit tougher for that that family kind sure. of aspect. But uh, how many employees does Brandon have? I think we're at like six hundred. Okay. Now, yeah, you know, we bought Boral and Ready Mix, mm-hmm. and that was a huge acquisition. You know, sure. nine concrete plants and all the employees they had, I think 180 or, or something like that. But uh, anyway. And then how long has Brandon been in business? Since 1906. Oh, wow. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. I was going to say, were you there from the beginning? <laughs> yeah, I know. I look like it. But. <laughs> you look good there. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> not, to, not to interrupt. Interrupt. I love when you interrupt. Please. This isn't my podcast. This is, this is our podcast. Just on that, Theron, you know, we've you know, we've grown also and we've grown because of Brandon really mm-hmm. is is our is our growth and we appreciate and and uh, have enjoyed the partnership. But we hear all the time, Theron, is is oh, it's not like it used to be in the old days, you know, or the you know, back in the day it was this way and stuff like that and, and we've continued to try, just like you're saying, try to keep that family atmosphere. Have you ever heard that? Do you feel that that it was better, or do you feel it's it's better now? Do you because we we feel it's better because of the the technology and what you learn and like you're saying, all your managers going, hey, I I've been through this, I know that better. But if somebody said to you, you know, n- not to put you on the spot, but oh, it was better in the old days. You know, I like the I like the old stuff. Did do you have an answer for that, Darren? Uh, I you know you can you can go back and forth. Right now is better. Okay, it's safer by far. Well, that's important. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, 40 years ago, safety was really an afterthought. Sure. You know, in fact, you know, some came up last week, our safety manager said, hey, Theron, I need you, I want you to do a safety video for me because we have a big safety meeting coming up. And it's like, okay, and trying to figure out what to do. But anyway, I, I went back and I did this video on, an accident that happened like 40 years ago on, uh-huh. on this construction site. And I'm, I'm thinking about that, that accident versus where we are now. And it is light years, right. you know, it's like the Flintstones back then to, 
<laughs> we have all this technology we you know all of our equipment right. has, has codes and all of these things and our people and you know it's just it's so it's so much better in that aspect Absolutely. Uh, i think you know 40 years ago the the uh workforce was maybe a little bit tougher tougher <laughs> for sure you jumped I on mean, that word real fast uh, there. now i mean i shouldn't even say this but now you have to be so careful yep. you know what you say how you say it how you you know maybe inspire someone mm -hmm. and uh like so that. that part that part's different but that's you know what that's okay too because yeah. it is it's that part's better too it's just better it could be better the other way i guess i don't know that, right. that is a tough thing you know what it reminds me of is that picture that actually was in the news recently but very famous i'm sure you've seen it there and i know you guys have of all those steel workers sitting on the beam eating yeah. lunch, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. could you yeah. imagine that nowadays? Right, no. No. Yeah. not tied no. off. Oh my <laughs> right. gosh! Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if no. one of those guys had to go to the bathroom? You know, you're not even getting down to eat your lunch. Man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just gonna hold it all day. Yeah. Man, it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But Good stuff. That is funny. So, as a division manager. What what does that entail? What are the some of the things you have to contend with on a daily basis? Uh, you know what? Every, every day is like a box of chocolates. You know, you just you kind of <laughs> you think you know what's going to happen, but there's always there's always something that comes up and uh, that you got to deal with. And uh, but you know, we've got got really good people, really good staff. So most of it, it isn't too bad you know uh but you know so my job is i'm like the the conductor in the in the orchestra i got you know everybody's doing their thing and, and making things work and and so on and and i i get to kind of just watch them play music and and get her get it done nice. uh, you know push push encourage uh you know uh advise do people problems make it up to your level, or do you guys? Uh, sometimes, yeah. It just it depends. Gotcha. You know, but the pressure is on you. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? And Brandon, we're 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 goal driven, you know. And it's yeah. like you know, what what gets measured gets done. Mm. And so we set goals, and and these goals are based off of history. Off at least obviously for since 1906, you got some history. And uh, so I'm very, very, very goal-driven. But I'm also to where, okay, we didn't make it this month, right? We're short 10,000 tons, 15,000 tons. We'll make it up next month. It's not if we win this month. It's when we win at the end of the year. Right. So that's the goal is let's get – because, you know, the weather happens. Things happen where, you know, jobs change. You know, like last year, we, we didn't hit our goals. And it's like, what the heck is going on? But – there's circumstances that that affect that and you know with the price of oil going up as high these engineers are designing these parking lots different where they're using more base mm. so they're doing base where it used to always be just full depth asphalt you know six inches eight inches ten inches where now they might do six inches of base and mm. only four inches mm. of asphalt to come up with 
the properly constructed parking lot strength-wise, but at a more economical price. Mm, so sure. we're doing a lot more base and a lot less asphalt. Sure. Uh, still working the same amount of crews, still working the same amount of hours, but just getting less production. So anyway, it's, it's understanding that, realizing that, but you're still, you know, hey, we, we got a goal and we're behind. We'll make it up. And uh, like I say, it's, it's when and when the year is over. So I feel like you answered my next question a little bit about the AC oil, the mm-hmm. asphalt cement oil. Yeah. <clears throat> so is that what you mean? They're using less of that? Right. And more base. Yeah, and it's been, I don't know, I'll tell you, every year there's some different <laughs> different issue, you know, that we deal with. Last year was the volatility. I mean, you guys see it with the, the diesel price. Well, mm. if, if it's petroleum, it's, it's, it's everything, you know, including our asphalt oil and asphalt you know years past have been pretty pretty steady around 400 bucks a ton well last year it went up to like 900 dollars a ton so it's just so volatile to where you know we would buy asphalt in bulk and put it in a tank and transfer it where last year it was like we had to get a contract on every single job just because of the volatility Mm. of it uh so that was different last year the year before there was a shortage you know wasn't there was a shortage because suncor went down they went down for maintenance that got extended and extended and extended and we ended up having to go up to wyoming Mm -hmm. to get oil which then you know you got that's more expensive and then you have that haul on top of it and then there's a truck shortage so it's like trying to find enough trucks to to make that you know because they're getting you know, one, maybe two loads a day. We're typically, you know, from our, our tank, you can get 10, 12 loads a day. Sure. So coming up with that amount of trucks, we ended up hiring some company out of Texas, I think, uh, that came up with some trucks, and that didn't work out real great. But, uh, you know, it's like it's whatever it takes. Right. You know, so we ended up, I think, 11,000 tons we had to haul from Wyoming between wow. Sinclair uh, up there, Jebro in Cheyenne so Sinclair's in Sinclair and then Peak Asphalt uh which is pretty close to Sinclair uh, but uh have you seen supply chain problems like this before in your career yeah yeah uh I think it was 2008 uh we're it's Suncor now before then I think it was uh Coke materials Mm-hmm. And that we were buying the asphalt from Conoco Coke, and uh, I remember our salesman calling me one day, John Wilkins, and he's like, "Hey, Theron, just so you know, at noon today, we're out of business. We're bankrupt. That's when, that's when <laughs> wow. oil had spiked, and you know, it was up to like 140 oh, right. bucks a barrel. Yeah, and uh, so all of these guys that had these contracts with like with like us and stuff, at 40 bucks." You know, right. they couldn't do it. So he's like, "We're bankrupt. That we're done at noon." And I look at my watch. I'm like, "John, it's 11:58." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I guess we're done." I'm like, oh, God, thanks, thanks for the heads up. You know, but uh, fortunately, that that time, uh, Suncor took over, and then they they came and they kind of you know they reestablished the business pretty quick, but the prices were super high you know what we were buying for you know 180 bucks a ton at that point was now 
$400 a ton. Mm. So then we had to go to all of our customers and say, hey, guys, we can't eat this. There's right. no way we're going to eat it. And, of course, they're not happy, but uh, I don't know. It's just one Yeah, of the deals. I mean, it just keeps trickling down, too, because at the end of the day, it's the end user. Sure. Your your contractors aren't going to eat it either. They're right. going to make the people, and then people can't right. afford it, and then here we are. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Theron, how much? <clears throat> if I was paving a parking lot four inches or six inches deep, I'm sure you know the calculations or whatnot. But one ton of asphalt oil, on average, how many tons of asphalt material does that produce? Do you, do, well, I, yeah, we're a, probably you know, uh, virgin asphalt. Brand new asphalt is probably about three point eight percent of it because all the mixes now have wrap in it, which is the the asphalt that we tear out. So mm-hmm. that has oil in it too. Uh-huh. So you add the oil from that wrap, you know, after we process oh. it and, and so on. And that uh that gets you probably another one, one and a half percent oil. So you end up with like five percent average AC. And then if you were to to Talk about a, a parking lot. You know, one ton of asphalt will do 18 square yards, one inch thick. So you one can kind of calculate from there <laughs> what, uh, how many wow. tons you're going to need gotcha. to do gotcha. your job. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that is. Do certain years in your career stick out as boom years? Yeah. Uh, and that was that was a great question. That was you know, looked, Dave's question. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> like, in 2000, 2000, we just put in uh, a new plant at our Fox Street. I don't know if you guys ever had the pleasure of going to Fox Street. It was just like this little postage stamp lot, you know, I've seven acres. In there. Oh, okay. Actually, I've loaded uh, recycle out of there, I think. Yeah. Just so small, you know. It was – anyway. So, in 2000, we had a brand-new plant there thank god because the other plant was this batch plant and it you know it was the guarantees in life that taxes death concrete cracks <laughs> and that plant's going to break down every day <laughs> every damn day so talk kurt into getting us a new plant so we did that but that was a drought year 2000 and and it was just it was so dry farmers hated it but the pavers you know we loved it it's like every day we pave and then we were overbooked. You know, we had too much work. So, you know, we had people, and I'd have to tell my supers, man, don't take it personal. They're getting their butts chewed every day because we're not at the jobs we're supposed to be. Sure. But by golly, by the time we did get to the job, you know, it was wide open. No subs in our way. We could just blow and go, <laughs> you know. And I tell them, you know, it's like, yeah, they're going to be mad at you now. And I still tell them that. The, the owner might be mad at you now, but it's like, how are just make sure they're happy when we're done sure so yeah. that, that's the key right. and uh, and that and that always worked out and they you know they they understand it too so that was one of the one of the years and then you know believe it or not 2020 the covid year start of covid was mm. good because there's nobody on the highways yeah <laughs> you know we're such a logistic right. type of business that man we could get in and out of the plants in and out of the jobs and so that you know that ended up being a good a good year too we experienced the same i think our drivers were averaging one and a half loads more a day yeah than pre-covid yeah so. yeah so it was 
That was good. Yeah, huh. min- minus all the death, Theron, we we, we kind of liked COVID. <laughs> COVID was good to us, um, but I mean, obviously, the people had lost, right? I mean, lost lives lost. So yeah, 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 scary. Yeah, it is. Do you remember how the relationship with Brandon and JFW started? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I think uh, you know we were we were starting fair play. And uh, and we, you know, for up there, we needed good haulers, you know, because that that pit is uh, a relationship pit, kind of like it, like everything, but more so there. I mean, we're moving into these people's area, their town, mm. or whatever. Sure, yeah, we're bringing a lot of equipment, a lot of people, and we need to make sure that we got the best of the best so i think that's when i i asked our our manager at the time i go try and set up a meeting with jfw you know i see your guys's trucks uh everywhere they're <laughs> beautiful uh they're always clean your drivers are always doing the right thing you know and uh-huh. it's like i want to be a partner with somebody like that and so Danny did it. He he set up a meeting. He got a hold of uh, Jim and Dave, and that, you know I didn't know if it was gonna work out or not. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but obviously it did, and it's and it's been great, and uh, it, it's really 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 good. So Jim, Dave, nice. uh, Linda, uh, it's just I tell these guys every time we go meet, man, you guys just make my job so easy because they're never a problem i'm yes. sure it's probably not the same on your side <laughs> right. but as far as my side you know stuff happens yeah. and it's like hey don't worry about it you know dave don't worry about it jim don't worry about it we'll, we'll, take, we'll, care we'll take care of it yeah. you know and it's like that is so nice you know it's like i've been with brandon for you know 31 years and i like that i like dealing with the same electrician i like dealing mm. with the same guy that's hauling our oil you know, you get these relationships, and you can just talk, you know? And it's like, hey, we're, we're all in it together. We all need to make money. We're not doing right. it for practice or for fun. Right. And uh, it is fun. But you know what I mean. And it's like you get a good team, and you get them to understand, you know, where we're coming from on it. And like I say, fair play's critical, and that's, that's going to be growing. And... You know, we have a relationship with the mayor up there. We, nice. all of us, helped them out. Yep. We built a baseball field for their high school baseball team or, or helped, you know, a lot Good move. with that. <laughs> yeah. But right. you know what? You're moving into their area. So you right. mean you paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of it, yeah. Did, did he say built or bought? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's the, yeah, that is the relationship. It yeah. is. You're, you're yeah. right. Yeah. 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 But, you know, you have a relationship with, with the mayor there because he's your ally, you know, Frank. Right. And plus, he's a great guy. Nice. You know, he owns a construction company, so oh. he knows what we do. Right. And yeah. uh, so when you have maybe a citizen going to complain to him, he's he's got our back, you nice. know. But that's because we all do the right thing. Yep. You know, we, we respect them. We respect what we're doing. And sure. it's like I say, if we're going to add more trucks up there, which we are – we just got to make sure, you know, we're we're doing the right thing. We're being courteous. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Well, we preach it. Being we preach safe. it over here for yeah, sure. No, well, and you can, like I say, you can see it. I see your trucks everywhere. I was up at uh, pit, 11, pit 28, pit 11. You got guys hauling concrete in there, and they're all just doing their job. And that's nice. that's what I like is the your guys just they do their job, and uh, it's good. Sound like Bill Belichick. Just do your job. Yeah. We say that a lot, don't we, guys? Yeah. 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 Thank you, Theron, and I'm glad, I'm glad you see that because we do preach to just do your job a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it's, we, it's sinking in or we're doing that. Right? We also try and educate, too, because what you bring up, Theron, I just relate so much to it because you're talking about the whole pizza when a lot of times we're only privy to our piece, mm-hmm. and then it even drops down to the pizza we're looking at but sometimes, you know, our divisions just, you know, you separate our drivers versus the mechanics or whatever. They just see their piece of the pie, right? Or their piece of pizza. They don't see the whole pizza, right? right? And that goes back to the mayor. You know, you said having your back if a citizen were to complain. But the key thing you said in there is we want to do the right thing. Maybe that citizen had a legit complaint, you know, that we had a truck not stop at the stop sign and pull out in front of her or, you know what I mean, where we need to be better at that. Or And I'm just throwing that example out mm-hmm. there. But that's seeing the whole piece of pizza or the whole pizza, not just your piece. Yeah. You know, and it goes back to those those relationships and costs <clears throat> and, you know, just all of those things. We are all connected and we have to make it work out. That's that's actually what's great about the relationship is there has to be give and take on both sides, you yep. know. I love to see the perceptions of an outside person, Theron, because mm-hmm. you're, you're in your trenches, right, over at Brandon. We have our own trenches here. And so Jim and Dave, Jam, myself, we perceive things a little different because we're fighting in the trenches and right. we're training, we're repairing, we're doing all those things that you guys do too. But so when you comment that, you know, you guys, your, your trucks are always clean, they, you know, your drivers are doing the right thing on the road, that's an outsider's perception. And that really, really counts for a lot yeah. because there's millions of people that see our trucks every day. Yeah. So that's awesome. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you guys, you stand out. So, you know, you're, you're going to get noticed, kind of like our teal green trucks. Mm. You know, there aren't, so you, you, know who's, yeah, <laughs> right. you know who's who, and that includes you guys too. So sure. uh, you'll, get, you'll get pointed out for, for good and, and for bad mm-hmm. because you're so visible, you know. And, uh, but like I say, you guys, every time I've seen them, they're, they're doing a great job. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Darren, could you talk about the history of Fairplay and how Brandon came about to purchase that? Yeah, uh, we, you know, we've had a, a long-term relationship with Fry. Mm-hmm. Okay, and in fact, it, it goes so far back, probably the '50s, uh, maybe '60s, whatever. When when Al Fry Senior was trying to open up the quarry, and I think Brandon you know supported him you know financially and and otherwise to get that going and we've been and we still are you know partners with fry up there but believe it or not the quality of their materials uh isn't great a lot of times you know the it's weathered granite so it uh degrades which means it breaks down you know mm-hmm. under compaction and things like that and uh and they, they go through the quarry, and there's good spots, and then and there's bad spots. And uh, it just seems like every time we're doing a, a CDOT job, 
they would be in a, a bad spot. <laughs> bad vein. And, uh, and then we get pay reductions based off of, you know, the, the specifications and all this different testing, you know, uh, microdevall testing, which is, uh, which is uh, the hardness of, of the rock. Uh-huh. And um, anyway, you try and work with them and, and tell them these, these things. And, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we'll make it better, we'll make it better, we'll make it better. But anyway, long story short, fair play, uh, very, very, very good rock. A lot of it. I mean, I, mean, I think I, there's 160 million tons up there wow. <laughs> we, wow. of, of coarse rock. We use about a million a year. So obviously a nice supply there and it's and it's hard and then two we control our own uh production sure so if we're out of spec it's our look in the mirror you know that's that's where the problem is and uh, so that was the reason for it and you know then it's like how do you justify it it's so far away how are we going to be competitive here in town when you have to haul 100 miles right so it's like we have to be really 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 good at the production side of that we have to make this rock super cheap because we know the hull is going to be more so it it ends up being like a a swap fries materials high but the hull's low you know at fair play we can produce material low but the hull's high so we get it landed for the same price as what we were doing fry we got better quality we got you know insurance that you know fry's not going to control our destiny you know we're going to control our own not that we don't want to work with fry Mm -hmm. but it's like you know it's relationships we you guys know we buy from lg everest we buy from vara we buy from everybody you know and it's just you know we want to keep those relationships because you never know when you're you're going to need them they're going to need you or or whatever it is so my mom bless her heart she one of the lessons she taught me you guys heard me say it before but she always told me Trust is good. Control is better. Yeah, there you go. That's a good lesson. <laughs> yep. but, so that's kind of where that, that started. And uh, and how long ago was that Rock Mines, I've heard? Oh, I think it was the, you talk about men. Men, right. men's men. Right. So <laughs> Holy. He's talking about the gold dredges. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah the original, how it came right. out of the ground. And that's mm-hmm. what I mean. I think that was in the, the 30s and 40s. Wow. And uh, they had that dredge. And I think they brought that in from Africa. Oh, and they wow. did it. But um, I'm telling you, you talk about a man's man mining up there in those times. And it's brutal. Yeah. The winter's right. up there. Well, you guys probably know. Yeah. It's yeah, brutal. 10,000 feet. Yeah, but it it's brutal now. Put it in the 30s. <laughs> right. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. We, we can go buy a battery-heated coat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't go do that in the 30s, right? right. Well, our Kenworths have heated and air-conditioned seats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and a valve, you just don't even need to do anything. Everything just does it. Right. You know yeah. I mean? like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So how can we, JFW, come alongside Brandon this year to help everybody be successful? So what does is, what is Brandon need from JFW? Uh, I think, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, like we just talked about fair play, and I think that's going to grow. So I know right now you guys are hauling to one of the, the concrete plants full time, mm-hmm. and I think they want to probably add another uh, concrete plant to it, which is going to take more trucks. I know... Uh, when that was mentioned, I'm like, we just got to make sure we have enough trucks 
to to cover you know right. everything mm-hmm. you don't want to set up a plant and then not be able to to get the material right. to it so and that's a, the thing you know, and that's another thing that i i really like about working with jim and dave is like anytime i've mentioned growth which you think fear it's like hey hey we're on we're, we're game you just let us know what you want and it's like shit that was easy and uh but then it's like you know if, if you're me it's like yeah go buy 20 trucks right yeah just go buy 20 but it's like whoa then i gotta be thinking okay i gotta make sure if i'm gonna push these guys to grow that i'm gonna, gonna have to work f- for them right because uh-huh. that's the last thing you want to do is 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 do that but we appreciate that (laughs) well yeah i mean that's the pizza right you're not looking at your slice you're looking at the whole pizza there right not just our slice of that right yeah and like it all goes back to relationships and everybody winning Mm -hmm. you know everybody has to win or you won't have that partner anymore you know and uh so i think that you know that's the thing and so that's good so keep doing that uh do the do the right thing in mm-hmm. fair play because that's huge and mm-hmm. and hopefully your your drivers understand that hey drivers just you you are brandon okay mm-hmm. everybody Absolutely. up there knows where that truck's coming from right and uh oh, yeah so great point we're there again it's like we're all one there yes. and uh so i i had a guy call me once for, um to complain mm-hmm. right and i answered the call and he was complaining about our truck being in the uh, right lane and then move out in front of him when the lane went down from two to one. <laughs> and, and then he asked me if he was, if we were hiring. And <laughs> <laughs> he sees our trucks going back and forth to fair play and he knows where we're hauling from. And wondered if we were looking for any drivers. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's good. Yeah. And I know, you know, you're going to get complaints, but it's like, you guys know what what's right and what's not and there's always going to be somebody oh, that yeah. is just an angry person yeah you know yeah. So. most of the time darn it boils down to everybody could be a little more courteous sure you know yeah. we could have been more courteous and they could have been more courteous and if i'm trying to out courteous you and you're trying to out courteous me we're going to live in a courteous place right? yeah you know? exactly <laughs> very much how much work does Brandon have on the books? Because we keep hearing, oh, everything's, you know, because of the weather, because of the, you know, the cement shortage and the AC oil shortage. How backed up is everything right now? Well, I think our, which you guys are dive in more, the concrete division, I think, is in pretty good shape. Okay. You know, uh, our asphalt division, we're, we're a little bit slow. We missed a couple big, big jobs recently. So we've got some work to do. Mm-hmm. on the asphalt side of it uh yeah you keep hearing there could be a recession and and there could be you know uh usually we're construction's a little bit behind the curve of the mm-hmm. recession because they're doing the engineering on right. something which could take a year before they're actually building so we could you know maybe i think we all have to be ready for that right should that happen sure but I don't think it'll be a long one. Not like the last one we had that was two, three years, you know, right. nine, 10, 11. Sure. Uh, and that's just, you know, that's just me. I'm just a dumb construction guy, <laughs> you know, but. Uh, that has a lot of experience at this. Yeah, I've been through a few <laughs> seen, of them. Seen but, a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, I th- you know what, that 
and it's like I tell my guys, we, I've been here for 31 years, and we've always come up, you know, with the work, mm-hmm. you know, right. and mm-hmm. uh, even, uh, you know, there's recessions, but even during those, we got our share, nice. right? So, and that's all you can ask for is just yeah. get your share of whatever it is at that time, and I think, you know, we're you guys been around we've been around and you know in those downturns you got to be you got to be nimble you got to be ready to react to whatever whatever it is you know to to get through it right you know nice. yeah i like to you know on that there and when you talk about that and i don't know if it's a if it's a bad thing or or a good thing in our culture now or maybe our younger people today or, or even myself but everything is right now you know it's like the microwave you can put it in there and get your meal right now you know I, I have a channel changer for my tv it's right now i can change the channel I open in the garage door to get in the house right now i hit the button you know and everything we do and, and what you've talked about is relationships is it takes a long time i mean you know you say 31 years that it's probably went by like a flash mm-hmm. but it's it's working together and getting through a recession getting through a you know, a tough winter and making concessions and, you know, hey, it's not the best right now, but we have this going in the spring. You yeah. know, we're going to make up for all this. And that's what I think people don't recognize that partnership. And with our drivers, we try to tell them, you know, you got to work here a year. And I know it's the same with you because mm-hmm. you got that, you got the seasons, you know, you got snow, you got rain, you got the heat, you got all that that adds up. And when you look at the whole picture in a year, it, it's been great. Mm-hmm. You know, but it is not right now. Nothing is right now, and I don't know. I don't know if people understand that. And maybe, maybe in a computer industry or something like that, or you know, you get that program, and it did work right now. Right. You know, but what we do is not right now, and you can't look at. You know, it, it, I guess maybe it sounds bad, but I only made you know nine dollars an hour because it took me an extra load or an extra hour to shovel out or clean my trailer. But you didn't look at that two o'clock load where you made fifty dollars an hour because we hooked you to something or you did something or you you know you slipped in a, an extra load for you guys there or, or whatever mm-hmm. it might be and I guess that's what I in that relationship is it's not right now you build yeah. that and you have to build upon that and when you do that it, it we're all very successful and it's even if you're not successful it feels good because <laughs> yeah, you got right. that relationship yeah. right yeah. Yeah, that that reminds me, Jim, of I think it was probably like ninety seven or ninety eight, and sorry to go back so far, but you're talking about good years, you're talking about bad years, you're talking about right now. Uh that was a year that it rained, like from March all the way through June. And we had like this brand new mechanic, uh, and he was like lead mechanic and he wasn't getting hours and you know, he he somehow we got to talking and he's complaining. I'm like just wait, Mike. Mike Webb was his name. Just wait, Mike. It's it's coming. I go, we we have these contracts, and they have to be done by the end of the year. So it stopped raining finally, and we work seven days a week for the rest of the year to, oh, yeah. to get these jobs done and hit our goals. And he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're working this much, you know. And it's just like, it's just like funny, you know. And, and he learned from that. And it's like, you know, the thing about what we do, uh, typically it always averages out. Yeah. You know, so we're, gonna, we're having a, a cold winter, which mm-hmm. tells me we're going to have a great spring. We're going to have a great summer, you know, because yep. it, 
it really does. If you look at it, it always averages out. Right. And uh, I would rather have a winter right now than a wet spring. Right. You know, when it's nice out and we sure. could actually be Very getting true. some stuff yeah. done. So it's like the perfect time. It's like Suncor's down right now. You, you all saw it on the news. Yeah. And uh, they're down. They had some issue or whatever. And I'm talking to the manager over there, and he thinks they're going to be up by the end of this month i don't think they're saying that in the press the end of this month first of march i think the press is saying end of march or or april uh but i'm like uh, you know i'm just glad you're down now and not like you were two years ago that was april through june you know right now we're 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 good nobody's working so there's not that demand and uh and so on so nice anyway Any other words of uh, encouragement or advice for our fleet and yours? Uh, I think, you know, it's just like the, the good thing is we, we talk about it, but, you know, we're in an industry that's virtually recession-proof, mm. okay? We build stuff. And the, the good thing is everything we build is going to need maintenance at some point. <laughs> right. So every time there's something new built, it's like, hey, there's a, there's a future job. Right. down there we're gonna have to go redo that street we're gonna have to go redo that sure. parking lot we're gonna have to you know they all need maintenance which means more materials hauled more work and and yeah. so on so i think you know be be happy you're in this industry uh because like i said it's not uh it's not like some of these businesses that that come and go you know that right. are here for now but then they get phased out because of walmart or or somebody else you know we're we're in this business that uh we'll we'll keep going uh i think you know the other thing too is you know for jfw employees and brannon employees you know you you guys are our greatest assets you know we can't do any of this without our employees and it's like i tell my guys Every single, because you know, I started as a laborer and worked my way mm. up to to where I am now. I sure. didn't go to college. Yeah, I was going to go to college, and then anyway, uh, <laughs> I found out what I wanted to do. I wanted to be like a forest ranger. And the guy I was working in this restaurant, cleaning this restaurant, and I talked to the 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 owner and told him, and he's like, "You know, forest rangers don't make any money." And I'm like. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the light went on. I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. It's almost like Yogi the Bear, huh? <laughs> right. So anyway, I got into construction, and it's just like you know, you uh, you 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 work hard, and uh, you be that shining star, and you'll advance. You know, be the best at what you're doing. I love it. Work hard, and uh, but every. You know, we need every single person. And it's like I tell them, um, it's like every single person contributes to our success or failure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like don't like any of you guys that much to just have you on the payroll to not do anything. Right. So we need you for that task. So sure, I think just know that. Great stuff. So, something that's cool about our jobs, too, Theron, is, you, you know, you mentioned you're working in a restaurant or whatever. Unless you drive past that that one location and tell people, oh, that's where I work. What we do, we are so much a part of our community. You know what I mean? Our, our drivers and your employees can sit there and say, hey, we paved the parking lot at, you know, the Pepsi Center or, yep. you know, Eisenhower Tunnel or... The Gap, su- I mean. Yes, yeah, su- yeah. supplied the concrete at 
on, on this interstate or these bridge decks or that building. I mean, you can literally drive everywhere and we have a footprint. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Me- meaning meaning Brandon or, you know, we, we roll it back into our guys. Even though we're just dumping at a plant, Theron, right. not seeing the end product. But we have to explain that to our people that you're providing a service that provides a service, right? It's it's smoothing that highway. It's doing that road. It's it's building that facility. It's, you know, the foundation of homes. It's driveways. It's, you know, all of these crucial things. And you have to understand that and realize, you know, when, when we drive around this town, you're like, oh, hey, we were a part of that. Right. We were a part of this. We were a part of the Gap. We were a part of DIA. We were a part of all of those things. And that may sound Pepsi corny. Center, yeah, the Vesco Field. We right, Coors Field. I mean, all yeah, of that there. Yeah, I mean, it's Grand Prix track when they had that going around. We paved that. Right. I mean, it's a lot of, lot of, lot of cool jobs. Like you say, and then it's even going back to you know what your part is. You talked earlier about that contaminated load. Well, that contaminated load goes into our asphalt, and we're going to be out of spec if we if we get tested there. But the same thing goes to like white people. Everybody, do your job. My loader operator at. The plant if he gets into the floor or if he loads the wrong bin or we're out of spec you know right. my the scale operator if they're loading the truck and they load it improperly we're out of spec so every single person contributes you to our success the, the ground guy at the plant if he doesn't hear this bearing going out or right. this this belt slipping or something we're out of spec so everybody right. has a critical job to the ultimate and uh, result. So Absolutely. Just Everyone's piece is so key, right. no matter how minor their role. And we tell the story in here all the time about when the president went to NASA and he ran into the, the janitor and sort of, what do you do here? And he said, I helped put man on the moon. Yeah. And he's just, the, you know, you don't want to use the term, he's just the janitor. Yeah. But how did, you know, he contributed by keeping their facilities clean, letting, helping everyone get their job done, their tasks created, their desks clean. He contributed, sure. right? It doesn't matter how minor the role, it's important. You know, and what's cool is that guy had that train of thought, right? right. I helped put a man on the moon. Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah, and I, I always use the analogy of like a bicycle wheel and all the spokes mm-hmm. on it. It's like every, every person is a spoke. And if one of those spokes is broken or out of place, then that wheel is out of balance. So there's cause and effect all the way around when one person, one piece isn't working properly. You know, we have, there's a lot of steps in what we do. I mean, we do it every day, but there's still a lot of steps that have to happen for us to have a successful day. So everybody participates, contributes. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't think, you know, I know we're harping on it here a little bit, but the, the you know, oh, I'm just a paver or I'm just a truck driver or I'm just an oiler or whatever it might be. That is so untrue because mm-hmm. they just don't, they don't realize the importance to make mm-hmm. the whole, the whole wheel turn. Right. Know, all those spokes. Yeah, we <clears throat> preach that a lot. I want to back up a little bit, Theron, because I've always, earlier in our, in our relationship when we, when we met you and talked to you and stuff like that, and I hadn't really thought about it, and, and we say it a lot, or I try to tell people a lot. When you ask what's Brandon's got on the books, or what's going on, you know, or you know, even even you talk to a banker, and you're like, oh, you got all your eggs in one basket. You work a lot for Brandon, and we're like, yeah, but Brandon, you know, 
They might be doing new stuff, but they're set up as a construction company to fix everything that needs repair. And you have to repair this stuff. And you touched upon that, and I, and I like that piece of it is we've always, I've repeated that years and years and years, Theron, about, you know, you guys are ready to do the repairs. We'll get through this. Mm-hmm, you know, and, yeah. I, and I love that part of it. And, and, you know, for everybody listening or when you guys listen to this, that's, that's the important thing. We'll get through this. You know, we're all set up to be successful no matter what we have to do. And again, then it goes back to your people because we've got great people. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. Right. You know, we'll make yeah. it work. Yeah. 100%. Anybody else got anything for Theron before we move on to our safety topics of the week? I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm thank good. you. I mean, I know we'll we'll share that at the end, but thank yeah. you, Theron, for, for yeah, being here. Absolutely. I mean, it's, been, it's been a pleasure, guys. Yeah. I love talking to you. Yep. Talking shop. Yeah, we're yeah. just talking shop. That's right. right. Well, safety topic of the week. I asked Jr. yesterday, "What do you think we should talk about?" And he said, "Looking out the back window." And it seems <laughs> nice. pretty appropriate. So, yeah. Why do we look out the back window when we're dumping? Why is that important? Yeah, any one of us. I mean, it's going to open a big can of worms <laughs> here on, on what we think. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, I can jump in there too. It's kind of my wheelhouse but it's so you can see your trailer going up make sure it's not going to tip over you can eyeball it when you're looking in a mirror jam you're not looking at the trailer you're looking at a reflection Mm. and the angles are skewed and everything else when you're looking out that back window you can specifically see how that trailer comes out of the saddle how it's raising how the the ground is you can see the ground underneath those tires when the tires come up how the tires come up how the materials coming out on and on. Whole nine yards. Yep. It's safer, right? We don't want to put a trail over. Absolutely. You'll catch things looking out the back window that you won't catch looking out the mirrors. You know, you can't look at your cylinder and make sure it's centered in your doghouse if you're using the mirrors. And Super Dave, you mentioned that if your whole truck and trailer is on an angle and you look out one of your mirrors, it's going to look straight, right? So it's not a lot of effort to turn around sideways in your seat and look out that back window. The little bit of effort that it takes can save you a big, big problem. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the, I mean, my closing thoughts, Jam, is, you know, it's a rule and why are rules important? Oh, wow. We're going to have the same same final thoughts, I think. <laughs> you started telling me. I did, yeah, I wrote, yeah. It, wrote it all out. So. <laughs> Not wrote it all out, but just some key key moments there. Yeah, and, and, it, and you just said, Jam, it doesn't take much effort, and that's what's, I'm stuck on this because we've been reviewing some camera footage from inside the cab, to be honest with everybody, and we've caught a lot of people not looking out that back window, and I don't understand why. Right. I, I'm baffled at that. And then I, I try to think through the, through the years, and of course I've, I've mentioned it, is you know, why, why did I look out the back window? You know, what drove me to look out the back window? You know, and you know, first thing that always pops in my head as I was younger, it's like, well, you're the boss's kid. You know, everybody's watching you, you know, and I'm not going to be the guy that, oh, that's the, you know, the boss's idiot son as right. such. You know what I mean? He won't get fired if he lays a trailer. Yeah, right. that's the boss's stuff. And, and sure. I, I couldn't, I couldn't be ever be put in that position. But then, you know, as you transfer, not, I don't know about transfer from the boss's son to a, to a leader or manager or owner or however that goes is people are always looking at you. Mm-hmm. So I have to do the right thing. I have to be not better, but I have to set that example 
of what's going on. So then I look out the window, but then, you know, the, the last step of that is years ago, and I'm not going to be involved in it right now, and I don't want it to happen either, but I would have to go pick up my trailer, would have to have it towed, would have to fix it, would have, or me and Dave would have to do that. That was our job because we didn't have people to right. do that. You were the recovery team. Yeah, so still there Still are. Still are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know so, what position you have, but we, well, we still are. You, you and Mikey's taken a few hits for me lately where I, where I don't have to go out, you know? But that's the thing is we learn from that. It's like, it's like, you know, missing a bump in the road or a hole in the road. We used to have to br- fix that brake sp- broke spring or that shock or that damaged tire or that bent rim or whatever, you know, and, and you're just like... Oh, and you educate yourself on how this happened and then you get smarter and don't do it again, right? Absolutely. So right? I, I guess, you know, I, I, I so don't mean to jump in no. there on you, Jim, but I mean, that's when you get passionate and you're like, all right, why do we train people? to look out the back window, right? It's not an option. We're training you. Right. We're teaching you to look out of the back window. And, you know, that's kind of what's a great thing about new people that have never end dumped when they come here. It's it's a fresh mold of clay, right? right? They don't have any bad habits. Their, their clay isn't already molded. You know, nothing else, right? We teach them to look out the back window, and 99% of them continue to look out the back window. They know what they're looking for. They understand when you're leaning. They understand they can let the trailer down at that point, you know, and start over, reposition, get level, you know, whatever the case may be. When we have a lot of people that have been doing this for years and are looking in the mirrors and not doing it, I'm going to say the right way because we know the right way is to look out the back window and then there's a mistake, right? right? And something happens. And I guess there's the reason why, right? We have come up with this reason to look out the back window. Why? Because we've had those failures. I mean, we've had it time and again. And knock on wood, we're pretty blessed, right? That, That we've learned that. We understand that. And that's the best procedure, you know? Right. I can honestly say not one trailer in our history that we've laid over has ever been a mechanical failure every time a human error right so what did we learn from that we learned we need to look out the back window when we dump and that it literally can't happen if if you're looking out the back window i wanted to can it happen if you're looking out the mirror yeah absolutely because we've had it happen yes but if you're truly looking out the back window you cannot tip over right yeah and when we say looking out the back window knowing what you're looking at it too like just looking out the back window <laughs> you can still chirp a trail yeah, you, you can't be right? counting the pig <laughs> right. sized clouds yeah. right i mean yeah. you got to be looking at the cylinder you know how you know how it came out of the saddle yeah. all of that you got to know what to look for when i yeah. when i look back to when i was driving the reason i looked out the back window is that's how you guys taught me to do it you know i wanted to do things the right way but also if something happened did I do everything in my power to do it the right way? Right. Because if, if I tipped the trailer over and you like, did you look out the back window, it would kill me to say, no, I wasn't looking out the back window. Right. To me, I'm not doing my job. I didn't do it the way you paid me to do it, and that burden's too big to bear. You know? and, and Dave's right, too, when he touches on that, too, Jim, is if you're looking <clears throat> out the back window and there is a mechanical failure, you will see it. Right. Oh, totally. And you will stop. And you might, it might break, I'm, I'm going to exaggerate here, it might break as you're raising it, but if whatever the break is, you will see it and you can stop. Right. And nothing, nothing will probably happen. Right. You know, we may have to go get a wrecker or a loader or whatever we have to do, but that's the what if also. Yeah. You're not going to see the break in the mirror. Right. 
It just not you. You just can't visually see that. Yeah. No, I touched on it, but be intentional when you're looking out the back window. BD and I were watching a video yesterday. The guy looked out the back window, but it was like he checked the box. Like, what? Well, looked out the back window. Check <laughs> next, right to the mirror. Yep. Yeah, you and gotta, you gotta really look. Yeah, you know, don't Dave, just check the box. Sorry, James. It's so okay. Sorry, man. Let's go. Come on, <laughs> Dave. I mean, all these years, I've never heard you say looking in that mirror. You're just looking at a reflection. Yeah, mm. I, I can't. When I, he said that, yeah. I was like, "Bing!" Uh-huh. A light went on. I mean, I have, I, you know, because obviously, I just don't. Right, I, I look in the back window. I mean, I'll I mean, never, I'll never forget this, you guys. It's it's probably been at least over five years ago, but I had a dream that I was driving and dumping, and I laid a trailer over dumping, and it woke me up in the. I mean, it set me up in the bed. My heart was racing. I mean, I will. I, it sounds stupid. I'll never forget that. It's probably one of the worst I've had things, dreams like that, Dave. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this was this was. Well, I guess it was a nightmare, not a dream. But I'm like, this is just a dream, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I guess we're just that passionate about it, you know, and and we've seen you see it continually, and those are the same failures, right? So that's the why. That's the why we talk about these things. That's the why we train you to look out the back window. Those are the whys of why we do what we do. It's not because, you know, we think it's better. This is truly one of those things. We know that's better. We know that's safer. You know, Theron, you're talking about the safety. My gosh, I, who wants to lay a trailer over? I mean, we have we have photos after photos. You can just get on the internet, on TikTok, on anything. I mean, I was just scrolling through my phone the other day and a stupid TikTok comes up on YouTube and it says, the caption is, this is why we don't use end dumps. And it's a picture. This, this guy, instead of standing at the front of the truck, so you can't see how the how the hoist is leaning, he's at the back waiting for material to come out. And you can just see it. I'm just waiting, and that trailer's up about three stages, and it's just leaning more and more and more, and then boof, there it goes and flops over, and I, my heart just sinks because that is, a, you know, we talk about accidents. Are they preventable or not preventable? Every trailer we've ever laid over, you know, and I, I would almost have to say, for any company is 100% avoidable. Was that an avoidable accident? 100%. Those are the things we have to capture. Mm -hmm. You have to err on the side of caution. I mean, I know you can concur with this. Theron, you've been doing this for 31 years. You have a lot of stories of, you know, terrible stories, (laughs) you know. And we all do. I do too, you know. So do it as you're taught because there's reasons behind that. And that's for safety and so something terrible doesn't happen yeah. you know? and, yeah. and that's that rule that's what i'm it's just not a made-up rule i guess yeah. that's and if you look across any kind of rules they're usually in place for some some reason yeah i mean you, you can equ- you can take just what you said jim and equate it to a, a 45 mile an hour curve on an off-ramp going from one interstate to another say getting off a 270 onto 76 eastbound that's a 45 mile an hour curve why is it 45 because if you go faster, you're going to tip over, right? <laughs> yeah. Why do we look out the back window? Because if you don't, you could possibly tip over, yeah. right? I mean, it's it sounds silly, but it's so factual. Right. And, it, and it's simple. You know, we, we implemented something at, at Brandon a couple years ago. And uh, if you ever pull into our parking lot and you see the pickups, they're all backed into a parking spot, and there's a little orange cone, uh-huh. construction cone on the hood. And we started doing that because we were having all of these either backing or uh, 
accidents on job sites. You know, the, the supers, they're in a hurry. They're pulling into the site. They park. They go meet with the, the crew, see what's going on, and then they leave. Well, a lot of these jobs, they have the bases for the light poles there, but no light poles. Mm. So they pull up next to that. They get in the truck, pull forward, bam, they hit one of these, or they back into one of these. So the safety department implemented putting this cone on the, the passenger side hood to make them walk around the front of the pickup before they leave. And the same thing, everything we're supposed to back into our spots, so sure. we're driving forward. So anyway, something that is simple, like looking out your back window, having a cone on your hood, you know, it takes five seconds extra, at least for us, but it has saved a lot of frustration you know and is that company-wide or just on job sites or well it's for all of our supers like you know the people that work in the office they they don't need to do that you know they're just going to the office but uh but no we expect it at at lapan you know where my office is uh you'll see my jeep backed in with a cone on it and all the supers pickups yeah on it very cool we, yeah. we just bragged about you, Theron, because when we went to that meeting a couple of weeks ago, you were backed in and had the cone on it. Yeah. And and we just, I think it was in the podcast, we talked about it that or wherever that, we, you know, we bragged about it. Because I would have to ask you, you know, I know you're going to answer me honestly, but if you don't put the cone on your Jeep, do you really have anybody that would yell at you above you? <laughs> no. I mean, right? Right. You don't have to do it. No. Nobody's going to say anything to you, no. right? Why do you do it, Theron? Just you know, lead by example. Right. You know, it's it's the rule, and it's, it's right. It's right. And it's the right thing to do. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what's so, cool about that. It's yeah. like, that's the the frustrating that's, part. Yeah. That's one of the things. You, I don't have to make a decision there. Right. <laughs> right. Somebody right. already did. <laughs> oh. So it's like, oh, good. That's easy. Yeah. It's easy that, to follow. Right. That's yeah. a great way to look at it. I love that. I don't have to make the decision out to look out the back window. I already know too. Yeah. 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 What a what a I great yeah. Right. Yeah. Geez, two aha moments today. Boom. I, I do have to admit, Theron, when the cones first came out a couple years ago, the first person I saw that used it was Larry that we work with on the concrete division. And uh I thought somebody was playing a practical joke on him, you know, and I, he, he, he was parked at the batch plant and I was over there doing some stuff. And then I ran into him. I'm like, Hey Larry, I think somebody's messing with you. There's a, somebody put a, <laughs> you a little cone cause they're miniature cones too. Right. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. it's not this like one. three foot tall cone. Right. Thank goodness. Cause that would ruin some hoods. Yeah. Right. They're miniature cones. They're only like six or eight inches tall. Yeah. And he laughed. He goes, no, Dave, that's a new rule. And uh, then I laughed. Like, oh, come on, what's that mean? And then he explained it to me. And again, aha moment, Theron, because I'm like, do you know how much money that saves in damages? And and what happens, you not only spend the money on the damages, right? Like like you said, you know, you're showing up in all these parking lots, the superintendents or the safety guys or whoever shows up there, they're in a hurry because they need to get to the next job. So they pull up in front of this concrete base for a light pole, but there's no light pole. Then they've lost vision of it, right? We talk about never pull behind a vehicle unless you can see the wheels on the ground. But what people don't think about is, okay, so say that pickup drives into that light pole. There's 3500 bucks. You just sit there and go, we'll be all right. It's 3500 bucks. But what people don't realize is, okay, in that 3500 bucks, the safety department was called. They had to come out. They had to make a report. Your customer may need to be notified. There could be damage to that light pole, right? So now you're not just talking dollars. You're talking dollars and people's time 
and and wills and and jobs that have been affected right i mean there's just there's so many other connect it's a chain right, right? Yep. and and on down that chain you get tugged each link has a has a piece in that accident right and and you know it could be someone having to deal with the insurance company later and you know getting then having the vehicle repaired it needs to go repair well what are you going to drive why right. that vehicle's in the shop well now you need another vehicle is someone else impended by the, impacted by that it just it just goes on down the line when yeah. it, when it was preventable so yeah when larry gave me the lowdown on that i'm like that is a great idea yep great like idea. i said everything's preventable yeah so yep yeah Absolutely. good stuff what what are we moving on to? We're Sue? moving on to tips and tricks, Dave. Nice. So uh, <clears throat> one of the tips and tricks this week is dumping in a grizzly bin. So putting your load all the way down the grizzly so it can go into the hopper and up the conveyor belt into the plant. Um, the tip is to make sure you're backed up as far as possible into the grizzly while dumping to only bring your tractor back to your trailer. In other words, use your pinch valve or your Johnny bar. That will keep your trailer stationary, and you can get as much material down into the Grizzly as possible. This really makes things go a lot smoother at truck-fed plants when it helps out the trucks coming after you. So they won't have a big pile or a berm in front of the bin where, you know, you didn't get all your material in the bin. I do have to caution people, though, when you're backing onto a Grizzly, don't back too far. Because what happens when you back too far, guys? You hit one thing. You might hit the top of the gate on the back of the concrete. Exactly, Jim. You know, That's where or, I was going. Or with the that. bottom of the gate may <clears> flow <throat> open as materials coming out and hit the concrete. Right. Yep, or, you're, or or you're you know usually there might be some material left, so you might tear off a mud flap and go in the plant. True. I mean, I mean there's there's all that. Then if you're too far back, your whole load won't fit, and you're going to have to pull forward. On the rant, on the on the grates, on the bars, mm-hmm. right, Dave? I mean, right. there's so much. I mean, as you tell the story, I mean, we, we talked about it. Was it not last week about how cool it was to dump over at the other plant, the old yeah. uh, uh, boral plant or ready mix plant? You know, shoot your whole load down in the grizzly, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if you'd set up just right, it was. You didn't <laughs> Poof, have to go out gone. and clean your mud flaps. Yeah, no, because right? it all went down the hole. Plant one. Yeah, plant, <laughs> yeah the old yeah, plant. One. It was yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. not sorry awesome. to interrupt you, Dave, but no, yeah, good. Just, and, and why do we talk about this? Well, it's about not only doing your job, but being an expert at your job. Right. You know, doing it really, really well. Right. This sounds so funny, but back when, you know, I was dumping every day, I wanted to have a perfect pile every yes. time. Yeah. Perfect. Dump. No creases from my tailgate in the middle <laughs> of the pile. Not too long. You know, no mud flap. We call them snail trails. Yeah. No mud flap uh, trails. It, and it sounds silly, but... I would look around at that pile and say, ah, sweet. And it also what set a good it up, pile. up for, let's say, Russ behind you or me behind you. Mm-hmm. You know, there was another whole load that would fit in there, and you knew it, Dave, because of the way you placed your pile. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't drag it out, so we had to back over it. Or And how many times did we all get out and have to shovel, you know, somebody else's load just right. off the front so we could back in? Mm-hmm. Right. Because that was the right thing. Right. You, yeah. know, you knew the bin was empty. Yeah, one guy can screw up a bin where four trucks could dump. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. If yeah. he just backs up, dumps in the middle, and it's all it takes. Three quarters of the load is stuck out, and the grizzly is <clears> empty, <throat> and four trucks are right there just because they got tied up in traffic, or you know, came from another location, or whatever the case may be. And yeah, yeah, crazy stuff. How about when we would be dumping in a field, like 
back in the day, maybe Aurora Pipeline job, and you'd have, you know, eight piles or ten piles, and they were lined up just perfect. Right. No space in between. Every pile overlapped a little bit. Yeah. The guy in front would back up to the edge of the pile, and there was an overlapping there. Yep. And it was beautiful. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you came at it. You know, if it was level, you could come at it at two angles, you know, and... When you could make the one pile disappear with your two piles, mm. you knew you were badass. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah, for sure. Did we, did we cover dumping in the bin? Or did, <laughs> <laughs> did we get all that spit out? I think or did, that's or good, we just, good tips and tricks. Right? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Might as well keep going, Dave. Hit us with that high road hauling. All right. <clears throat> so I was thinking about, you know, to uh, – highlight what it's all about being successful so i came across this article uh, (laughs) a lot of times you read about uh bill gates or steve jobs you know talking about being successful they're very successful at what they do but this was a very interesting article that talks about what separates somebody that's successful from somebody that's really successful Mm. Not just being a success. So what separates truly successful people from everyone else? And it boils down to one word. People are constantly thinking about how to be better, to achieve more, to be a success at business, at their jobs, at their relationships, with raising their children. Well, Warren Buffett has captured our imagination with business wisdom that defies conventional thinking and can be applied to almost everything. One infamous Buffettism has garnered a lot of debate since it was first said years ago. It's a quote about the difference between successful people and really successful people. And here's what Buffett said. The difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. That surprised the heck out of me. I'm like, yeah. Good advice, but if you're like most busy people suffering from FOMO, which stands for fear of missing out, which is what most of us um, feel since that's the age we live in, you don't want to turn down an opportunity that may become your meal ticket for years to come. Remember that time you said no to something and later regretted the decision? Well, that's where Buffett quotes help us regular folks. Because we let, if we let our egos and insecurities dictate our actions and we keep saying yes instead of no, it's not a sustainable business or life practice. We will inevitably crash and burn. So often we spread ourselves thin by saying yes constantly. And we end up taking on more commitments than we can handle. If you've been there, you know the outcome. Increased stress, lower quality, whether it's of work, life, or just other decisions, excuse me, decisions in general. As we start 2023, it's a good time to step back and rethink our priorities for the rest of the year. If you're still saying yes to everything that comes your way, you'll be amazed at what can happen when you finally start to say no. Steve Jobs preached saying no. Speaking of really successful people, the late Steve Jobs clearly separated himself from everyone else with his own relatable quote. And here's what he said in an Apple Worldwide Developers Conference in 1997. People think focus means saying yes to a thing that you've got to focus on. But that's not what it means at all. It means saying no to the hundred other good ideas that there are there. 
You have to pick carefully. I'm actually proud of the things that we haven't done as the things I have done. Innovation is saying no to 1,000 things. As always, remember that, that devoting attention and focus to something, whether it's an investment, an opportunity, a business or career decision, or a new hobby, means taking time away from something else. For 2023, forego all those so-called opportunities with potential in order to focus on the ones that are the most important. So wise up and pick carefully. In the end, simplifying your life means knowing what to say no to, especially saying no to those 1,000 different shiny and sexy opportunities that may tempt you. But in, really, in reality, they don't really serve you or your purpose or your mission. So remember when to say no, hmm. right? That was the, a nice one, Dave. Quote this week, I love this one too because it's so true. Strive not to be a success, but rather to be of value. Mm. Albert like Einstein. Ooh. Yeah. So good. Yeah, that one was surprising. Think yeah. about the things you should say no to and you don't. I, yeah, in the in the business side of it, Dave, I, I don't know if I can I can recognize that. Honestly, I, I mean we I was thinking about you guys while we were doing that. I'm like, I know. Yeah, don't ever I say don't, no. I don't yeah, know. we had we tell everybody Theron we had an opportunity with, with Borel, you know, several years you know, a long time ago, but you know, they asked us to do some more ball calling, the bulk cement side, and, and we him hawed and and we lost that opportunity, Theron. And we always say, you know, me and Dave between us we're like, Okay, we won't say no to anybody, yeah. you know. And I, I don't know if that that's a tough one, Dave. I don't know. Oh, if I, well, him? I think I mean, it depends how you how you portray it. And I guess what I mean is, no, I shouldn't look in that mirror. I should look out the back window. Yeah. How about? You know, I mean, I think there's some some things you can put a twist or on. Do that. you want to in dump? Yes, but if you want to go flatbed, no, because that's not. You know what I mean? That, <laughs> yeah. We're not built. We're not ready to flatbed. Yeah. I guess I, I don't sure. know. When Wilbur be, Ellis first came and talked to you guys, you we said, said no. no. Yeah. And but, then a year later, I think it was only one year later, we had some changes come on. Maybe we had some extra trucks, and you said yes because you knew we could take care of that and handle sure. it. Sure. Here's where I know you guys would say no, and I'm not just saying this because Theron's here, but it, can you guys give us 10 trucks tomorrow on a job that's going to pull 10 trucks away from Brandon? No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Jim. I like that. I mean, you would say no. We yeah, can't, we yeah, can't, we can't do that. You have to. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's the relationship, you know, Jim. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah I'm not, I guess I'm not looking at that. I that the same way the high road hauling that piece that way. I guess right. I'm, choose. I'm struggling. Yep. You choose. choose. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, guys. Final thoughts. Who'd like to kick those off? <laughs> I'll go with the final thoughts. And I, <laughs> Jim's usually way more prepared for this, and I was. I it just hit me, you know, of the of the looking at the podcast. This one, this podcast, and so many things we've had happen in the last week or two, and I call my final thoughts the wise. And I don't mean like as in wise man, as in the question why. You know, this is called the wise, the questioning, right? So why look out the back window when dumping? Well, number one, we've trained you to. Number two, the reason is so you don't tip over, right? And why? Because we've had it happen because someone wasn't looking out the back window. You know, those, those are the whys. These are the things we've learned, you know. And then, like I mentioned to Theron about, you know, the person that may hit that light pole, we're stuck having to clean that up. 
And not just the incident, but it'll go on for 30 days. You're dealing with that insurance claim. You're dealing with the repairs. You know, you could be waiting on parts or whatnot. So the, there's the whys, you know. Why is why do we have a, a geofence around the 45-mile-an-hour speed zone coming down I-70 near the runaway truck ramps and on the other side going to Fry's? Well, because it's the law that any of our vehicles need to go under 45 miles an hour through there, right? Well, why? Because we've had it happen. We've gotten tickets. We've, you know, I, I, I tell the story all the time. I like to learn from other people's incidents. I mean, it's probably been three years ago now, but there was the guy that came down that had no business being on I-70, smoked his brakes all the way down, blew past the runaway truck ramp, you know, and killed three people there at, at uh, what interchange was that? What's the intersection? Youngsfield. Youngsfield. Thanks, Dave. The 32nd Youngsfield there on I-70. And not to mention how many people were injured in that. You know, Dave and I were just talking about that. And the highway was closed. They had to, it, it was such a bad fire that someone had to show up and repave a portion of that highway because the, the asphalt actually burned in that accident. Well, that's the reason why. We don't want to be that company. We don't want to have those drivers. We don't want to have that image. We've trained you to do it right. You know to do it right. The signs are there to do it right. That's the why. That's why we do it right, right? Uh, you know, it, it, we talk about coming down that hill a lot. You know, rule of thumb, when we learn to drive, you could ask someone today, what's the rule of thumb to come down that hill? Well, if you ask someone that 15 or 20 years ago or 40 years ago, you would always come down the hill one gear less than you would drive up it right? If your truck could only pull it at 30 miles an hour, well, you need to be in a gear that's going to hold you at 25 coming down that mountain, right? Because your brakes weren't good enough. You didn't have disc brakes. You didn't have all this technology. You didn't have the engine brake we have, the performance of it. So those are the whys, right? Why do we clean off the tailgate? Why is that? Well, so we don't break a windshield, right? Why did we come up with that solution? Well, because we've broken a windshield. <laughs> you know, the, those are the things we talk about our industry and and creating a better image for our industry every day, all the time, being better. Right? These these rules we have in place. Why do we ask you to keep your company radio on? We talk about the guy that hit the power line. If he had his company radio on, that incident would have never happened. Nope. Those drivers were calling for him on the radio going, Chuck, don't raise your trailer. Chuck, you're under the power line. Stop, Chuck. Stop, Chuck. Yeah, That's yeah. all we heard, right? Right? I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was horrific to hear. I still yeah. hear that sound yeah. in my ears when the company radio comes on and there's urgency in someone's voice. And you, I mean, you have that flashback. I mean, talk about PTSD. Oh, my gosh, right? You know, and those are the whys, you know, and, and I guess maybe now that I've spelled it, the, the W-H-Y, maybe that makes you wise w-i-s-e by doing the wise you know i mean maybe that could be a play on play on words or however you want to look at it but that's, make a bracelet yeah <laughs> right champ yeah yeah so I, those are kind of my 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 closing thoughts or like parting it. thoughts or whatever but there's a my wife loves to tell me you know i've only been married 28 years there and so i i have a long way to go right and aspire to to do better but she always says there's a reason for everything you know, there's, there's whatever the case may be, you know, and, and it, you could relate it to anything in your life. There's a reason for it, right? But there's a reason we've asked you to clean off your tailgate. There's a reason we've asked you to look out the back window. There's a reason we've asked you to do the speed limit, right? There's a reason we've asked you to drive the speed limit in the construction zone. 
And generally, it's because at some point, bad things have happened. Absolutely. So it's it's so crucial, so important. So there's the whys for the whys. Good final thoughts. <laughs> i got to throw a correction in there. That accident happened at Denver West. Oh, Denver yeah, West. Yeah, was gotcha. Mm-hmm. Thick yep. Young's yep. Field, but yep. that's farther down. It was yeah. Denver West. Yeah. Like literally under the bridge. Right, yeah. Yeah. Right. You're right, yeah. It was horrific. I mean, the highway was closed for what, two days, three days? I mean, yeah, yeah, because the fire damaged the road. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When you when you close an interstate for days, yeah. wow, what a what a you know. I don't know how many people were perished in that accident. I know that two four. or three, four. Yeah. Gotcha. And then we were talking. We don't even know how many were injured. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And injured they, badly too. Burned. Yeah. Um, you know, like, yeah. paralyzed things like I, that. I, and you know, just to like not get off in the weeds, but that driver was sentenced to jail. Yeah. Or to prison, technically, right? And and the governor stepped in and intervened. I don't I don't remember what he wound up with, but ten years, ten years. Yeah, they shortened his instead sentence, of lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Why, Jim? <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I like Dave said I I mentioned it, and I'm I'm so close to what he's been thinking about. You know, I wrote down there why are rules important. And, and I just want to read something here because it's so basic. It's like something you'd get out of a handbook. But obeying a company organization's policies will not guarantee that you will, not, will have that job forever. However, adhering to these regulations ensure that you won't lose your job as a result of your own inability to follow the rules. You know, and, and uh, you know, that is right out of a handbook someplace. Your own inability to follow the rules and that's nobody here has inabilities and maybe that's you know part of my frustration is everybody is capable of doing this and and like you so why don't they dave here's your why's you know why why yeah. are they not doing it yeah you know and and the, and the last part of this here again right out of a, a handbook is rules are rules all rules and regulations are designed to protect the lives of all individuals. So, you know, we're back to protecting lives. It's all about safety, like you mentioned there, and that's number one here, safety. These guidelines show a community member what is right to do and to what extent. As time goes by, new rules are needed, old ones are changed in order to fit the present state of society. And, you know, a lot of the stuff we're talking about doesn't doesn't affect the state of our society but our rules change all the time but the ones that are are steadfast and 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 make a difference are looking out the back window looking in all your mirrors when you make that blind spot lane change you know those are those those rules will never change those those are steadfast you know walking around your truck and and bumping the tires looking at it you know, being aware of your situation, rolling down your windows when you're backing up, you know, all, all that stuff. Those are those are steadfast rules that that make fundamentals, e- fundamentals that make every one of us better. And how we how we enforce to do that is is sometimes beyond my reach. It's the frustration of again, we talked about it last week. We we stepped back five years ago and we were talking about the same thing and and that's where I truly want to be better is how do we make, how do we get the points across? Because it was, it was a little disheartening to see a lot of those um, videos. Dumping videos. Yeah, yeah, of not looking out the back window. Yeah. When, when I thought we were better than that. I, I really yeah. did. We and, didn't teach you to do that. You've chosen to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. and, you know, 
It's like the people in old people in Arizona when they just they think they know better and can just drive close to you. But you know, the, what if one of the people that were walking is of their same age and right. stumbles? Right. You're just going to run right over them. So give give them a space. Yep. You know, what if something happens and you're not looking out that back window, or or you didn't look in all your mirrors in your blind spot? Right. We can be better. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, Sorry, Jim. I, I I hope I don't interrupt here. No, I just I happened to check my phone and Ray Ray sent out a tips and tricks, <laughs> and it you know it kind of well, it definitely falls in with our tips and tricks, but it's kind of with the closing argument or uh, thoughts there as far as uh, the wise and his tips and tricks is uh, blind spots. We we haven't mentioned that for a little bit, but he said put some air in your seat. He knows it's you know cool to be low on your stool there, but uh, actually see the hood mirror. You can't actually see the hood mirror sitting on the floor. Some people aren't tall enough to see over the dash and see that hood mirror. And, you know, we've talked about it. We've got a program coming out for the handful of accidents we've had in our blind spots there. But he says, raise, put a little air in your seat, raise it so you can definitely see that that hood mirror on the side and, and know that nothing's there. So his little comment there is, raise your seat to raise your bar and do your job. Okay. So I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's following. He's engaged. Obviously, using the same comments we used as far as do your job. You weren't trained yeah. like that. You need to look in that mirror. If that requires you to put air in your seat, put a little air in your seat. Right. Yep. Raise your seat to raise your bar. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Soup. You got some final yeah, thoughts? Yeah, mine are a little bit off the off the cuff here, but uh, for years and years and years, I would drive down two eighty five and drive through Fair Play and see all that rock on the ground. <laughs> and I knew what they what it came from because I'm kind of a history buff, and I knew that it was dredged up, you know, back in the day. I just thought, man, that's a lot of rock. If you <laughs> if you look at a satellite photo, the the size of the rock is as big as the town of Fair Play itself. <laughs> I mean, it's huge, right? And I right. thought, why isn't anybody mining? I'm kind of a gravel head, a gravel freak, and I'm like, that's a that's a lot of rock. I, somebody should easily. Just start crushing that and start using it, and and now Brandon is, and that's just so cool. We're part of it. I love it. Nice, nice. that's awesome. awesome. Dave. Darren, you got some final thoughts? Uh, you know what? It's this has been really cool, and I think you know all you JFW employees, you, you should be very happy where you work. You work for a top quality company. I've been doing this for a long, long time. I've worked with. <laughs> A lot of people, a lot of haulers, and uh, you know, you guys are with an innovative, growing, young, spirited, and and you know, Super Dave Jam, Dave Jim, they're like salt of the earth people. You know, they've all been there, they've all done it. So, I think you know, be be happy with what you're doing. You you do a noble job, and uh, we we need you guys. You know, and uh, you do great, and you work for a great, great company. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Good thank you, Darren. And it is noble. So, so, I mean, you guys can't see it on the podcast, but Theron just said, you know, it's a no. You guys are noble, or it's a noble we're, thing. We're all like shaking. Yeah, we're our all heads sitting like, there, almost hitting the microphone with our foreheads, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it is noble. <laughs> Good stuff. My final thoughts aren't very profound today. I'm just. Uh, Happy to rub elbows with you guys this morning. This is kind of like a little men's group for me and therapy. And it's good to be around some like-minded people and 
have a little bit of fun this morning. So let's say the creed and get on out of here. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, Theron, if I act like I threw it at you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Together we, we face and overcome all, all that stands, stands before us. us. Together, Together we are accident free. Together we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. Together we celebrate our differences and respect those with whom we work. Together we are accountable for our words and our actions. And together we are the JFW family. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Yep. Thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.